oficial y recorden por la podcast. <risa> How are you, Rox? Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. I was. Uh, we just had a little earthquake last night. It was pretty intense. How, did, how did you feel? I slept through 100%. You slept through it? Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I know I was uh, kind of upset in the morning when I opened Facebook, and then my mom was like, did you feel it? Did you feel it? It was pretty bad. And I was like, was it? Because I slept through it. I don't remember it being really bad, so... I was a little bit upset that I didn't feel it. It was pretty bad. Um, I felt like a truck had just like crashed into my wall over here. Mm-hmm. I was actually pretty frightened, I gotta <laughs> say. Um, at, at first, it was like, like you know when they open the gate over here, like you can hear like the gate kind of crackling a little bit? Yeah. And like the wall kind of shaking a little bit because of the gate. When it slams uh-huh. or something, yeah. Yeah, so at first I was like, oh, is that is that what it is? But it was a couple of seconds, like... I was like, what? What? Wait, what? What's happening here? Um, fortunately, uh, nothing happened. It was a 3.5. I guess we felt it a little bit harder because it was down in TJ, like like it's about really 20 miles close. from us. Yeah, 20 miles from us. So the ripples were heavier here. Yeah. And then as it went further, it just kind of stopped that makes being sense. heavy. So That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I felt it. I It was pretty <laughs> strong for me. I felt it and I died. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jesus, Ross. <laughs> you gotta get dark right away. <laughs> Are you serious? Let's post this to Facebook. Boom. Facebook. And the Facebook? Let's post this on Twitter. So, um, I was I was thinking about uh, the earthquake last night, and I kind of started thinking about how life is so fragile. Yeah, how life is so fragile. Like. <laughs> Like, what do we do when this is, like, the big one? We will try to survive, but um, I guess it depends how big it is. Yeah. How big it, how big it gets when said. it gets big. That's what she said. Okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yesterday was a, was a 3.5, but it, I guess it was so close that it felt really, 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 really stronger than that. Um, but what happens when it's, like, a like an 8.5? You know, I, like, I'm completely unprepared for that stuff. And that's not that doesn't mean, like, I don't have any canned food or anything. Like, I have no skills <laughs> that would help me survive in a post-apocalyptic world. Well, like, true. Uh, you, that, that's because you stopped playing Fallout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you at, you at least have... Um, you at least have... Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Give me one second. You at least have a little bit of knowledge about like what plants are good to eat and all that stuff. <laughs> so are you going to start saying that I'm a hippie? No, you're not a hippie. It's just, I mean, being like a sort of a like a vegan and stuff or vegetarian kind of yeah. lets you know which plants are good to consume and like how to get around, you know, not having necessarily... An animal. Or, or, or yeah, a lot of like food supply available. Yeah. Like you can get around that. You can work. You can work with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I actually thought about like how much better all these people that have like uh, hunting experience or gatherings or farming experience would do under like these situations. Oh, yeah, their invitation here. Uh-huh. And uh, I started looking into like hunting and stuff. And then I remembered uh, <laughs> listening to the Joe Joe Rogan podcast and how he talked about 
how uh, like hunting was a big part of actually uh, like conservation of, of animal species and um, like areas like refuges where animals could just roam around and they also made that into uh, <clears throat> hunting sites. So let me see if let me see if we have audio. Well, so I wanted to get your take on it because I know you're a big like animal lover, <laughs> big animal. Um, I don't want to say activist because you're not you're not an activist, but you're a big animal lover and you try to do your part by not uh, consuming as as little <laughs> animal product as possible. I mean you're vegetarian, so you do uh, go into like the poultry and into like the dairy and all that stuff, but. Most most meats, you know, fish. I think for the um, most part, not really poultry. Uh, maybe the eggs, well, eggs from yeah. the poultry, but yeah. not exactly. That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, you're not into like yeah the white meat, like chicken, turkey, all that stuff. You're not into the red meat, you know, any big animals or anything like that. Beef, uh, pork, or fish, like every now and then, right? Yeah. Yeah, because they don't really have feelings, so fuck them. <laughs> they do have feelings, <laughs> in my but opinion. But still, fuck them. <laughs> But every now and then, it's, I guess it's mostly been like the social occasions when we yeah. have gone out to get yeah, that's something a, that has fish. <laughs> um, that's but another aspect of it, the social part of it. Like but otherwise, um, I I guess I would prefer not to. Yeah. And m- mostly because I guess the stuff that I get doesn't, like my list doesn't have any really like animal products when yeah. I go uh, like grocery shopping by myself. Yeah. Well, that. especially because you're so used to it by now. Yeah, and like it's been how, like a long time. How long has it been since you've uh, started being a vegetarian? Since you decided? Um, I'm going to say about probably 13 years now. Jesus. Yeah. Well, maybe 14. I wow. don't know. It's That's been a long time and I've been pretty okay. <laughs> yeah, you've been okay. Definitely. Um, so, I, like I said, I was looking all into that stuff and uh, I saw that... Uh, like a lot of these hunting groups or people were like actually like really responsible for maintaining, you know, um, like all these uh, numbers of species and, and, and helping them not go extinct, which is kind of like counterintuitive, I guess, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to show you, I guess, some numbers and see what you think about that. Okay. Because I know I've seen you. Like go on Facebook and I'll, I'll look for the stuff as you. <laughs> You'll see me as, comment on as you posts. think about it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll see you comment on posts and, and it'll be like, uh, "What an asshole!" or like, "This person's such a jerk," and it's completely understandable. You know, I mean, like, you see pictures of uh like people standing over dead animals and um Here. like they're smiling and they're laughing about it and they're kind of enjoying the the fact that they killed you know, a defenseless animal pretty much because they're out there hunting with like bows or, or guns and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they don't really like, they call it like the, um, like the most natural experience you can have. I already have mm-hmm. that set up. So, but it's not really natural, you know, cause they're out there with like guns and shit and animals can't really defend themselves. Uh, and they compare it to like, well, animals in the wild do it, you know, lions hunt, whatever. And, and they eat them and they kill them. But you're talking about like natural habitats and like natural um, instincts of animals to like get yes. out there and, and kill and eat to survive. Where like here you're talking about like stalking an animal using your like for su- fun supreme intelligence pretty much. Just <laughs> well, not, for fun. Not really. not just for fun. I mean, some of them do actually eat them. Well, most of them actually do eat them. There um, is such a thing as trophy hunting. Yes, but I think nowadays, especially unless you are talking about a group of people that are so separate from like a city type of living area where you know you have like grocery stores everywhere and you can just go and buy something 
Um, or if they grew up like gathering their own food, like you mentioned before, like the type of people that just like gathering their own food and, and hunting their own food mm -hmm. down. And then they actually do use that animal for several um, purposes. Yeah. But then most of the people, even though they might say, you know, I'm doing it to protect the species or blah, blah. Like to me, deep down, it's still <coughs> that they just see it as something fun, something that they can do something that generally you can't do with other people. You can't just go out and shoot people, but you can just go out and shoot an animal. Well, you can go out and shoot people. It's just you not can, really but I mean, you're going to get in big ass <laughs> yeah. trouble. And I mean, and also I'm a big, uh, what, what should I call it? Like true crime junkie. <laughs> yeah. So I'm always watching uh, documentaries and shows and stuff of, um, with, you know, psychopathic minds and stuff oh, like yeah. that so i can put a lot of that stuff together as well i mean there's a lot of people that that start off by being really mean to an animal or having that desire to kill something so they don't necessarily think i hate that animal mm -hmm. but they do think that's the one thing that i'm not gonna get in trouble for doing right now so <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and you know uh get rid of the animals, whatever animal I can get my hands on, just torture it, kill yeah. it, do whatever the hell they want to do with it. And then eventually those minds get so like used to doing that, you know, that they want to move on to something bigger. And, and what would be bigger than that? Another human being. So eventually they become serial yeah. killers. <laughs> I think that's, that's like a, mon a minority of the group that are it is a minority like, involved because, in that. Because still, there's a, a different like mindset about it too, uh -huh. um, a different psychology, I guess you could say. Um, but still, I think for the most part, uh, and especially the the type of stuff that people post on the internet. A lot of the people post the stuff on the internet not because they're trying to survive. They they're not gonna kill an animal and say I'm totally surviving. They're gonna say something like I just want attention. This was fun. And I just want want to go ahead and shoot something. But I mean, is that is that like really, really wrong? I mean, because even if their their intentions are not like really altruistic, like they're not they're not going out there like, oh yeah, I'm I'm conserving this species by by shooting it down. Even if they're just out there hunting for the sake of hunting, like you know, they're still paying all these fees and taxes and buying all this gear and and buying their tags and and buying the permits and everything. And that money is still going towards maintaining you know those refuges or building you know more more parks and stuff like that and you made a face and I, to me to i'll me, show you some of that information <laughs> so you can see it here i know but to me a refuge that has an animal and and they allow people to come in and shoot the animal right. to me that's not a refuge to me that's a business a strict business where they're gonna let animals live in there reproduce there's gonna be a bunch of them because obviously they're letting them reproduce to a point where they can have people come in and shoot them down to say that yeah. they're helping to keep the numbers down. Well, I'll show I'll show you a little statistic about that or, or a little article about that. But here is uh, what I found online: it says hunters have sponsored laws that have created conservation stamps and funds to protect and enhance wildlife habitats. Hunters who buy federal duck stamps contribute about eleven million dollars a year to buy and lease wetlands for waterfowl refuges and waterfowl production. Now, I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a business, but it's a business that's also giving money back to the environment and, uh, like, allowing all these places to, to create these wetlands and these refuges and all this stuff that, um, let's transition back, <laughs> that can allow for, for these, uh, you know, species to grow or to recover. I saw I saw another article. Let me show you. Um, let's see. I, I was looking into this because, mm -hmm. like, I don't want <clears> to, <throat> I don't want to just counter every point that you have. 
and like make you you know i'm not trying to convince you to like change your mind because i know that's not going to happen where is it um but i i also want to show you like the other side of the coin you know like that this is actually uh like available to like help it's not just you know people going out there and um killing animals just for fun or because they're like sadistic in some some way like they're actually trying to help i I found i lost that article but it said that (laughs) it said it says hunting matters (laughs) yeah it's it's uh, it was an article about um like how there's more endangered species out in the wild than there are um like in the open fields of texas like what like tigers there's more tigers um in captivity in texas than there are tigers in the wild in the rest of the world and that's because out in the wild, you know, there's people like poachers. And that's definitely, I don't agree with that. There's people like poachers that just hunt in restricted areas when they know there's like um, animals that are in danger. Or Especially when it's to make something, um, you know, when when people kill an animal just to make like a trinket or something. Yeah. That's like, to me, that's ridiculous. And that's, Well, yeah. <laughs> they'll kill an animal to make a trinket, but they'll also use like, because they, they use like the whole animal. So they'll kill the animal and then they use the meat and then they'll use like the teeth to make like necklaces or, you know, bones to, a to make A lot of the times like, you don't use the whole like that. animal. That's the problem though because... Well, yeah, that's it, what and, like and poachers... I guess the thing is that people are so mixed up because it depends on what they want, what they need and how much money they're going to get for something because, for example, when, um, when hunters uh, go get like sharks just to cut off their fins and then they just drop the rest of the shark alive... Mm-hmm. And the shark is going to die because you can't swim around, you're bleeding, and there's other animals that are going to come by and just kind of, like, probably try and nibble at you or something. And, I mean, you're just, like, bleeding to death, basically. Yeah. So, in that, in cases like that, to me, it's just kind of, like, it's it's still, like I said, it's dumb. It's ridiculous. Maybe it's not, not to call it dumb, but it is ridiculous in a way because you can have soup in so many ways that you don't have to just go and cut off a fin yeah, well, that's leave the animal to die like a slow um, death, you know. That's part of like a like a superstition, and like I definitely don't agree with. It. I think it's kind of dumb to think that you know uh, shark fin is gonna help you, you know, yeah, with like your vitality or, or with your manhood or something. And I remember even like my mom, who's not who's not a like of Oriental um, ancestry or anything, like she had something about. Um, like my one of my cousins, I guess, is losing his hair or something, mm. and she was like, "Oh yeah, you know, he should he should buy he should eat some more uh, shark shark fin soup mm. or broth or whatever because that helps um, like regrow your hair." I'm like, "That's not true, <laughs> you know. That's not real. I don't think that's real." I guess if you have anything that has like, like um, I don't know, like a collagen component to it or something. Yeah. Like how they say if you if you drink like um, like gelatin powder or or something like that then you know it's gonna help with your hair nails and and your skin because obviously yeah. it's, it's something that even your own body makes it but maybe you don't make enough of it that's why sometimes people have to take a supplement for it and that's why a lot of people also do um like very sick people sometimes they have to have like broth bone broth uh-huh. to i guess kind of get their body like going or something because their health just dropped to a point that's so low um, but then again, I guess sometimes it drops so low because we <laughs> already eat like shit from the get go. Yeah. And <laughs> well, that's, that's like earlier you mentioned like, oh, I guess if these people don't have like supermarkets or, or like shops where they can just go and get their food, then, mm. you know, that's, 
I guess uh, that's acceptable if they're hunting. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of the f- food you find in the markets, it's kind of shit. You know, it's kind of like no, it has a and, lot of chemicals and, I'm not and stuff saying like if that. If a person decides, you know what, I'm going to be like a lion and I'm going to go out and get my own food in my own means or by my own means. And, you know, they're, they're actually going to be like, I don't know, I guess you would say like like Native Americans when they would go and, and, and say, okay, you know, I guess I'm sorry that I'm doing this because you are a, a sacred being and I respect uh-huh. you just for being an, another live being. Yeah. But, you know, I have to also survive myself. And so I'm going to, you know, arrow you down or, or, you know, nowadays, of course, shoot you down. Yeah. But, I mean... In that case, I would say you can't really like tell them, oh, you're just you're just being stupid. Stop doing it mm-hmm. because they have decided to maybe live that lifestyle, but they're not doing it in a way that they're just being an asshole about it. Yeah. And like I said, they're not going and posting pictures. Look how I'm surviving. And oh, my God, I'm giving so much money to this, but I'm also going to go ahead and kill them all. So well, I mean, that's that's unfair to say that they're not out there killing them all. There's. There's definitely seasons for for this to happen, and um, it happens where like, you know, there's a certain amount of overpopulation, and then uh, states yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever federal well, reserves they, they are open up for, for hunting. That to happen. Yeah. yeah, they wait for that to happen. Yeah, and so they, that. they definitely train for it and get prepared for it. So it's not like I mean, unless like I said, unless they're poachers and they're out there just hunting like 365, you know, days <laughs> of the year, uh-huh. or they're out there hunting in areas where it's restricted or just for, just for like ivory. Cause you know, like they cut the ivory off elephants and then they just fucking shoot them. Yeah. They don't use any other part of the body or they cut the, the, the horns off the rhinos and they just leave them there to die. Like, obviously that's bad. You know, that's, that's horrible, but mm-hmm. that's a, that's like a smaller number of the population of people that hunt and that it's they're smaller, even, but they're it, even it, frowned upon by, it does you know, suck though that, as small as it hunters. is, they have such a big impact. They don't, though. I mean, they they have a big impact on what it is on like the animal population, and but they don't have a big impact when it comes to like influencing other people to do that because a lot of most of the people that I know no, see that and they're like they I'm think it's horrible. About. I'm not talking about the impact that they make on other people because people are not gonna be like, I want to be like that poacher. Yeah. There, but I'm talking about the animal population or the type of animal that they're hunting because then they become endangered eventually. And it's just so much, so much harder to have like maybe three rhinos left or something. And then what do you do with them? Because now maybe if you have one male, one female left, but those two don't can't mate for any reason, yeah. you're basically screwed. <laughs> um, and then maybe thinking of it like, oh, it's just another animal. There's plenty of animals out there. You're not going to miss that one animal. Obviously, you don't. You're also not in the area, yeah, well, so you don't. That's dumb. I mean, that's that's not a good. That's not a good thing to say. Like, there's so many animals, you're not gonna miss that one. Yeah, ex- that's why I'm that's saying. That's a horrible like, a way to of, think. Uh, like, I would think a lot of people would probably not really care, but I mean, it's an animal that was around during the times that you were around, and yeah. to see it just go and disappear, it's it's sad. Yeah, it's sad. Um. I mean, I obviously I don't like when I see news about this kind of stuff. <laughs> I get a little bit um, sad and upset. Yeah. But like I said, I'm also not like a strict, strict person where I'm going to say it's like everybody can just survive without killing any animal. Because I know that a lot of times an animal is going to get killed. And that's, I guess, um, when I get upset, it feels like that. Yeah. <laughs> but... well. It's because, like, whenever I see online, like, any sort of pictures of this, like, 
like I told you the picture like the, the person smiling over the you know the dead animal like there's always like a lot of negative feedback on that person and like personal attacks on on like their personality or on their you know, lifestyle or on the way of thinking mm-hmm. and it's like I understand that you know there's a certain amount of anger mm-hmm. because they're out there and they're killing these uh, you know like innocent pretty much beings and they're posting it online to get all this attention and to uh like to look good pretty much to you know whoever they're trying to look good for um and that's sort of enraging because they're kind of glorifying the murder or like death of an animal mm-hmm. but i think it's just unfair that they get attacked like their person gets attacked you know be- because a lot of these people like you included don't didn't really know about um like the benefits that they have for these things you know what the what hunting does uh how hunting helps you know the animals I mean, I'll show you uh, right here. It says, um, see, there's uh, three species here. Horned oryx, the adex, the dama gazelle. Mm-hmm. Those are three animals that were about to go extinct in the wild. And they were actually bought by Texans. <laughs> and they were, put, they were put <laughs> in, their, in their fields. And then... Um, they that they had so many of them that or the population started growing so much that they actually opened up those areas for hunting mm-hmm. and it says uh culling or you know like killing a few of them but not all of them mm-hmm. they it gives them the money through like fees through your taxes through all this stuff um that it helps them like take care of that species of animals helps them feed them helps them care for them mm-hmm. and it helps them not go extinct so like it's one thing to have unregulated hunting which like poaching and then it's another thing to have regulated hunting where yes it is like trophy hunting and it's uh you know not always um it doesn't always look good but it's regulated to a point where it's actually given back to to you know uh whatever you guys like vegans or or vegetarians (laughs) or or people that are environmentalists are fighting for (laughs) and uh it's funny. I mean, yeah, it's funny. Whatever but you guys, it's funny because you kind of used to say that. Yeah, you were I, vegetarian. Yeah, I used. I don't know something. <laughs> I used to say it. I used to say that. I used to like be super, super intense about it. Um, obviously, if I see a picture of an animal like dead, I feel bad about it. Not because like I feel angry at the person who killed it, but mm. I feel bad about it because it's you know it's it's a really beautiful creature and like I I've seen bears or, or wolves and stuff like that, and I know I think wolves are endangered, so that's actually pretty illegal. But there are certain places where um, there's a surplus surplus of, like, wolves where they're kind of endangering the population of, of whatever it is that they hunt. So they have to actually be, you know, cold. They have to be, a few of them have to be shot down so that the population decreases so that the population of their prey can increase and sort of kind of restore a balance. Um, and that's when there's no, like, hunting for it, when there's no regulation for it, that's when you have, like, the government coming in, like, on helicopters and people with, like, sniper rifles on top shooting them down from the air. And then they'll just like leave the dead body, you know, for nature to take care of it. And I think that's a really, you know, it's a really fucked up to way to to take care of a problem. But when they don't have really any predators themselves, and like, what do you do? Just let the population like grow out of proportion to the to the prey, and then hope that it doesn't cause some sort of environmental disaster. Or do you take care of the problem and try to balance it out? I mean, as a as a more intelligent species on the planet, we kind of have a responsibility also to to take care of, of these things that are sort of imbalancing. They're, they're kind of tipping the balance for, uh, for one species or the other and endangering one species or the other. And it's, it's problems that we also created um, or like people before us created 
by like bringing animals that aren't supposed to be here you know it's it's a it's a cycle yeah um and that's exactly what i'm thinking it's a cycle because people will always do something that'll mess something else up and then they'll try to help it and try to restore it or they'll try to be like okay well now let's do this so that we yeah. can uh kind of i don't know <laughs> i guess get things back under control but then the way that they have to get those things back under control, it's doing, again, something that doesn't look too good. And then it's just a cycle mm-hmm. like that. You know, they, they mess something else up. OK, now we got to do this. But that other thing they got to do is also kind of messed up, maybe because, you know, it, it's still kind of like, in a sense, playing God. Because you, you, I guess you feel that responsibility that, OK, yeah. well, I have to bring this over to do this. But now we have too many of this. And so now let's go ahead and... Um, get rid of some of them, destroy them, and uh, everything's under control now. But, oh, you know what? We don't have enough anymore. Let's go ahead and bring some more. Well, or, I, no, they, like, I don't think it's it's we don't have enough anymore. Let's bring some more. I think, uh, like, before, you know, populations were brought in to take care of maybe other populations of species. Like, in Australia, you know, they had some, like, crazy um, crazy animal that they, they brought another animal, like a snake or something mm-hmm. from, from uh, another country to take care of, like, a frog, and then... Mm-hmm. You know, they brought in a bird to take care of the snake and then they brought in like a dog or like a coyote or something to bring, to take care of the bird. And it just kind of like, you know, escalated like that to a point where they have a, they have a bunch of species that weren't even native to Australia. Mm-hmm. And there's like this whole problem of a bunch of like really dangerous species that don't have really any natural predators or like yes. the alpha predator is like out there and it doesn't have any predator itself. So it's just kind of uh, the population increases. So they have to like mm-hmm. cull it down again and, and like lower it again. And I think that's what it is right here. Like. We also have a lot of people that are like farming and sometimes their animals escape. And actually, I think California, I saw, has a, I, I, I got a tap for it, has <laughs> a uh, wild pig sort of, not epidemic, but it has a wild pig problem. And uh, like they get really intense. They they eat crops. They, they uh, mess with people's pets and they yeah. mess with people themselves. Feral hogs, they're called. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a season where I think California lets people hunt them. And then kill them and, you know, consume their meat because they are feral animals. So they don't they don't go just through like trash and shit. They actually, you know, eat stuff outside. Mm-hmm. And California allows people to hunt them and eat them. And that's a problem that like it's not their problem. Obviously, they have no they have no conscience of it. Like they they don't know they're a problem. Yeah, they're just, they're just they're, living. They're just existing. They just happen to be born <laughs> in a place where they're not native and they don't have any sort of natural predators really. Mm-hmm. So their their population Where is exploding. They're not at the top of the food chain. Yeah, they're not at <laughs> or yeah, or even near the top. Yeah. So they're a problem, even though they don't know it. And that's a sad part. Like they have no knowledge of it. Like they just they just yeah. are born, and then suddenly and I, I, they're a problem. I they mean, have to be. This is the stuff that that gets to out. me. I guess that we create the problems, and then we do all these other things. It's like a circus, and yeah. we have to do all these other other things, and and we have all these excuses to do all these things, and. And what upsets me is that it has gone to that point, I guess. I mean, because I'm, I'm, I don't really consider myself to be, like, super close-minded about it. Because, like I said, I will admit that some people will hunt. And I know that this is not going to stop. And mm-hmm. I know that even, even, um, even when I feel mm-hmm. sad about seeing, say, a video about a slaughterhouse... And, you know, all the cows or the pigs are getting um, destroyed for for food. Um, You know, 
in that moment, because I, I feel such a, such a connection to animals usually, um, it, it makes me really sad. And, 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 you know, I, in that moment, I think, man, I just wish people would just, I don't know, like maybe either cut it down and not, not maybe just try to cut it down at least so that that doesn't ha have to happen in such big numbers so often so that there's not <clears throat> so many companies that feel that they have to produce so many animals and then they have so many animals that they treat them so poorly um and i, I mean if you if you want to go towards cutting down and towards you know limiting factory farming then like promoting hunting and promoting getting out there into the wild and, and hunting your own meat and and you know getting your meat source from from an actual hunt and not from a factory farm um then you want to promote hunting you, you want people to go out there and hunt well, this is what i'm saying i like i said if somebody says okay this is the way that i'm gonna survive and they're actually gonna use the animal but they're not like just you know when you know it's not for fun you can just kind of tell sometimes when you see a person's face when they kill something if you're gonna go hunt something down for food you're not gonna take a picture with the animal all smiley yeah. and and you know you I mean, they they might though because if I'm if I'm preparing for a season, like say you know winter season is is uh, is opening up and I'm like in January or uh, like May or something, I'm preparing for it for like six months, and and I'm training with my bow or training with my you know gun or whatever, which I I don't think I would use guns to hunt. I think I would probably use like a bow and arrow. Mm. Um, if I'm if I'm training and if I'm practicing and if I'm like being all stealthy and if I'm like purchasing all these gear. And, you know, I'm paying whatever it is that I'm paying in taxes and everything. And I go out there and I actually get a kill. Like, I'm going to be proud of it. And I, I'm going to want to take a picture because we want to take pictures of everything. We're a generation that likes to capture, like, every moment that we're uh, even a little bit proud of. You know, mm. If you get some new shoes, we take a picture of the shoes. Mm. If we go to the beach and mm. we see a nice sunset, like, oh, I was here for the sunset. Boom, yeah. picture. So if you're obviously preparing, preparing for so many months and you go out there and you get a kill, you want to take a picture with it. You want to feel proud of it. You want to share it with your friends. And, you know, maybe you want to, like build your group of, of people that are also into hunting and maybe that's gonna um enthuse them or, or make them want to come hunt with you later on or the next year next season and then you have more friends that are interested in your interests and then you know it'll be more of a social thing uh, uh, next to uh whatever trophy hunting you're doing because mm -hmm. even trophy hunting like you can see right there um like that's expensive even if you're not consuming the meat you're helping the population kind of decrease like there's there's always a positive side to it i mean there's Obviously, the poaching side to it, which, like I said earlier, I don't agree with. I think it's, it's ridiculous, and I think it's horrible that they would get out there and just, you know, poach animals that are in, in uh, danger of extinction. But in places where, like, there's there's regulation, where there's licenses, where they have to pay for permits, and if they're hunting just for the sake of hunting and for, for, for using the animal as a trophy or, or whatever, um, it's still putting money, like, a lot of money back in the system. Like, if you can see right here um, in Texas... Uh, if they find a horned oryx, which I don't, I don't really know what that animal is, if they find one, it'll cost them four thousand five hundred to kill it and, and take it home. Mm -hmm. A gazelle, if they find one and they kill it for a trophy hunting, it costs them ten thousand dollars to take it home. And if they find a cape buffalo and they kill it and and they take it as a trophy animal, it's fifty thousand dollars. That's fifty thousand dollars they're paying back into the system where it's going to help, you know, take care of those animals and help the population remain at an acceptable level. Whereas in the wild, you know. Like they're going extinct. There's no regulation out there. There's there's nobody buying licenses. There's nobody buying tags. There's nobody putting money into the system. So, 
I mean, you're going to have poachers. So unless you're yeah. actively you know, working against the poachers, they're going to kill the population and they're going to make those animals go extinct. So thanks to these trophy hunters, we have a population that's I see acceptable. what you're saying because they're actually paying for yeah. it. They're actually giving they're, something, I guess, for the life of that animal. Yeah. Versus a poacher where they just go in and illegally hunt down without paying anything, well, without giving anything even, back. Even versus a, a person who's just buying meat out of a, a store and sort of putting money into the factory farming system. You know, I think a hunter that goes out there and, and trophy hunts and doesn't really use an animal um, puts more money into the system where they will be able to conserve that species more so than a person that goes to, you know, Alberton and buys a packet of beef or whatever or T-bone mm-hmm. steaks because they're just promoting uh, like a, a slaughterhouse a factory farming system that's just putting all these animals like in horrible conditions. And, and I mean, that's I think that's a lot worse. And I, that's why I think... Um, like if if hunting is done in a regulated system where you pay, you're paying fees, you're paying taxes, you're paying to get your tags to be able to right. to hunt, you're paying for your equipment and and those that equipment generates taxes that are going back into you know conservation's refuse. Like, I think that's okay Not, if people honest, smile about I, it. I also do think nothing is worse than factory farming because yeah, of course. Um, when you're I I do know when you're hunting. I mean, you're not just gonna torture the animal. For a while before it actually dies. Unless you're like just, super sadistic and just yeah, a of course. Person. That's why I'm saying then that comes to a, a whole different psychology of type of person yeah. when they actually go out and kill something to to see it um, go through torture or yeah. through see pain in their eyes basically. So um, with with factory farming, I have always felt that and, and said that it is definitely the worst thing for an animal probably because. Just of the way that they're treated and the masses of them. There's so many of them that obviously they won't have like, um, they won't all have the attention or the, the, their needs met. Yeah. So if they just go and dump food for a big, you know, um, uh, I guess, what would you call it? Like a big old warehouse full of them or something. Mm-hmm. You don't know what animals are actually eating and which ones aren't, which ones are actually sick and which ones are healthy. You, you, they don't really keep track of that stuff so much. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I do know there are certain things that, that like, for example, I guess like the USDA or FDA would try and look into, but it's not necessarily like yeah. super strict because I, once again, these animals are not seen as anything important. Really, oh, yeah. they they're just there to die. So and, and the factories are like super protected because people that actually want to go in there and and like record video of the horrible stuff that's happening in there. Like the people that record those videos get in trouble. Like whenever whenever a person goes into a factory farming situation and records like people torturing animals or stepping on them or like, you know, throwing them or laughing at them or something. Mm-hmm. And that, that video is shown and made public. Like the person that records a video gets thrown in jail or gets fined for invading the privacy of the company. And the company yes. that's actually doing the torturing or, or like the horrible stuff to animals, like they get off because, you know, their it's their like privacy their was business, invaded. Yeah. It was it, the the evidence of their wrongdoings was was gotten in in a illegal way, so that it mm-hmm. d- it doesn't go into court. Yes. So the evidence is there, but there's absolutely no way of getting it. Mm-hmm. You know, so those people are like super immune to to whatever laws are are. Yeah, and even then, are and, working and against. Them. This is what I was <laughs> trying to say um, about factory farming is that even then, I am aware that it's something that's not going to stop. For one reason, I have a pet. I have a cat. Mm-hmm. I also understand that my cat is a meat eater. 
Yeah. And I'm not going to try and veganize a dog or a cat, obviously. <laughs> they do have vegan food for animals. I know though, they right? do, but. That's, crazy. That's insane. But, and, and I don't necessarily think it's like super insane, but I do feel like I want to be closer to what my animal would be eating <laughs> than not. Mm-hmm. Just out of respect for also my little furry creature. Um, but anyways, I know it wouldn't stop because also this is where pet food comes from. Yeah. Even though they get a lot of byproduct and it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're getting something. And I know a lot of people wouldn't go out and hunt down an animal just for their pet. Because I know a lot of people wouldn't go out and hunt down an animal for themselves. So well, A lot of people do actually. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of people that, that are into hunting and that are into that sort of stuff. I know, but a lot it. of people wouldn't. But then that's that's the problem then. A lot of people that w- don't want to strap on those boots and don't want to go through that training and don't want to buy a bow and arrow and don't want to get out there and hunt. I mean, it, it's obviously not it's not a sustainable lifestyle for the population that we have. Like if everybody goes out there and hunts, like we're going to run out of animals pretty soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just going to be that 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 um reality so i mean in a sense i can understand how factory farming is sort of a necessity right now because of the population boom that we have we have centers like san diego uh, like los angeles san francisco new york that have like these massive massive populations and there's no other way to feed them other than to have these like factory farms you know that yeah. like they're producing meat by just having animals go through a, a line of death pretty much well it's with everything i mean even with just regular like produce farming yeah. a lot of people are not going to be able to and won't even ever have the enough knowledge to grow a crop for themselves so i understand all of these things it's just my person my being like deep down for me it's sad to see an animal just go for the heck of it. And that's why I'm saying I, you know, like I necessarily myself don't feel like I have to eat the meat. Like I don't mm-hmm. feel and especially because it's been such a long time. I don't feel yeah. like I am. Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, I don't know. Uh, craving it. Oh. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily be craving it because it's been such a long time. So. I mean, I'm okay with eating other stuff, like yeah. just salads or potatoes, um, anything, wheat, breads, whatever, um, pastas. Oh, there's there's a lot of options nowadays, especially, too. And again, because of factories, there's going to be a factory that's going to be like cheese out of almonds or whatever. Yeah. You know, it, and, and it's it's like that. I understand. I'm not trying to, like, change the world in a, in a way that, <laughs> to me, ideally would be you know, like peaceful, but that's only in my head because I know that there's so many types of different people. I understand that a lot of people have very different situations. Mm -hmm. I understand that a lot of people have different likes and I know that there's people that like to go out and get their own food, like you said, and they will just go out and hunt their own food. I understand that. I know that. And a lot of times, yes, I get upset, but I mean... To me, it's more like a feeling. If I feel like a person is actually doing it be- out of, like, necessity, then, you know, I'm not going to say anything. And I have heard this before, and people have told me this before. <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, well, I mean, <laughs> that's your life, basically. I have mine, and I've chosen not to participate in certain things. So, I under- like I said, I understand that part as well. But I do get upset in the sense that, I like animals. <laughs> but I think 
I mean, looking at it from from a sort of you know detaching from your feelings a little bit of of like liking the animal and and not wanting it to die. I mean, to look at the benefits of it, even if people aren't doing it out of necessity, even if they're not like if they don't need to go out hunting, you know, if they if they can just go to the store and get their meats from there, or or whatever from there. Like it's it's helping a lot more than it is hurting, and we we were talking about this last week, and that's why I wanted to to like invite you or here for this show, mm-hmm. and because we were talking about it in the other podcast when I when I asked you a would you rather question, and and we saw it with Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. um, when he talked about Bill Cosby, like he did a lot to help um, like the United States and the civil rights movement and all that stuff, <laughs> but he also raped a lot of people, you know, so he did a lot of bad stuff, but he also did a lot like a lot of good stuff, and mm-hmm. the good stuff kind of outweighed the bad stuff in a sense that. He's he's still a, like a pretty fucked up person, but he's a fucked up person that helped a lot of people as well. And I said, the bad always, you know, sticks. The bad always sticks. People are always gonna see you for the bad things that you did. Yeah, I mean, more than the good things. Mm, not necessarily, um, because I well, think why I think, is he getting so much attention? Because people are seeing the bad well, things that he did. Because it's new. I mean, because it's out in the news right now. But I think in like twenty, thirty years, when we think about Bill Cosby, there's definitely gonna be like. Oh, that's the dude that you know raped <laughs> a shitload of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also going to be a group of people that say like, yeah, he he did do that, but he also did this other amazing stuff. Well, but it depend. I think it would depend on the the mentality that the person has. If yeah. it's somebody that, because I I get what you're saying and I completely understand it and it's true. But like, and I always say say this: it always depends on the person. Of course, and always. That, that's why I'm saying. If like, you tell me, and I'm the type of person that says. He can do all the good things in the world that he can, but if he raped somebody, and I'm so strong feeling about rape, and I'm so against it, then I'm gonna, I'm not gonna see anything good about him, and the only thing I'm gonna see about him is that he did that, that he raped somebody. I think that's also a, a dangerous sort of mentality to have because then you're just focusing on all the negative stuff, and obviously, yeah. I mean, it's it's stuff that we should definitely not ignore. You know, mm-hmm. it, but that comes back to the whole, you know, like you and other people that are look at these pictures of these hunters, um, like smiling over the carcasses or over the dead animals and just completely attacking the person and hoping, you know, like horrible stuff happens to them. And I've seen comments where like, oh, I hope I hope somebody shoots them on the face or I hope somebody shoots them, mm-hmm. you know, with an arrow or whatever. And the stuff like, yeah, you know, it's it's you're you're thinking with your feelings and you're and you're, you see this this picture and it, you know, it it provokes you know all these emotions but once you settle down those emotions and you start thinking about like all the numbers that are behind you know these sort of actions these sort of pictures but it depends then it becomes sort of like it depends on what like you said if you tell me okay these numbers there's this type of animal because i know not not with every animal you tell me there's there's this type of animal and they need people also to survive they need people to help them and put them in a certain area and and you know with that, obviously, we're going to need money to to keep the area, to keep mm-hmm. the animals, and to have this or that, whatever. And then, you know, to serve that, you need the hunters to come in and pay for it. And so now we have big numbers of animals, and now we need um, hunters to come yeah. in and, and, and maybe keep the numbers down a little bit, and, and then it helps that they're paying us for it. Yeah, okay. Well. I, I see that. That's true. Yes. So if you tell me that, I'll see it. But if... I'm just going to see people like doing it just because then that's when that's why I said it's a feeling. Yes. And you're saying you're talking about putting feelings aside, but it's just a feeling when you get somebody's doing something just to do it versus somebody that in their mind is actually trying to help 
and doing something because they're actually trying well, to help. The thing is, whether it's altruistic or not, you know, whatever, if they're, if they're doing it out of their own sort of, you know, mm-hmm. entertainment, even if they're not trying to help, like, they're still helping. Like, even if they're trying to be, like, jerks that want to go out there mm-hmm. and, and hunt animals just to have them as trophies on their walls, like, they're still helping the cause. You know, they're, they're killing one animal to save, you know, hundreds and and if they're promoting this sort of lifestyle, then they're getting more people to go out there and to buy licenses and to buy tags and to buy equipment and to put tax money into the system that's going to, you know, ultimately help. So, um, like I said, you know, if you put emotions to the side and you sort of look at the numbers and you said, well, um, if I if I sort of think this way, like I'm just going to look at the picture and, and I'm going to think the way I think if, if my emotions lead me that way. That's why I wanted to like show you all these numbers because a lot of the times like we don't we don't do any sort of research like that. If we see something that we don't like, we'll just we just don't like it. No, we just don't I've, like it I've and we'll seen just... this and I've heard about this obviously because yeah. it's something that I, I <laughs> a lot of a lot of the feeds I get in my social media are this type of yeah. thing, obviously, because I'm I'm I like checking out, you know, pages that yeah. try no. and actually help. I'll put a little bit something. of the numbers up there. So like I said, I'm not like the, the type of close-minded person that I'm just going to say, no, it's totally wrong. I don't care what you say. You know, it just, yeah. it just can't happen. Like I said, I know it must happen every now and then. I'm just not 100% okay with it happening it, in certain situations. But it's not every now and then. It's like, this is happening. This is this is like year after year, season after season. Um, people are putting these numbers. And I'll show you some of the numbers. I'll, I'll put it on the screen, too. Hopefully we don't get beat up for this on YouTube, but this is from this is from uh, I think North Carolina. So residents and non-resident hunters aged 16 and older provided over 1.6 billion to the state's economy. Oops, went all the way down. Um, 511 million was spent on hunting-related expenditures alone. Economic sectors were stimulated by 856 million. And there was like 10,000 or 9,000 jobs in the uh, hunting industry. So that's helping the state and that's helping towards conservation. Let's see. Since steer control would be needed in some manner, the nation's taxpayers would likely foot the bill at upwards of $9.3 billion annually if there wasn't any hunting going around. So like I said, even like in cases where you don't like it when it's happening, like people are just doing it for entertainment. People are just doing it to be like sadistic, you know, jerks. Mm-hmm they're still putting money into the system and they're still helping the system. And they're still helping also like the environment in a, in a, in a weird way because like an overpopulation of a certain species is not good for a bunch of other species. So they're, 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 they're calling down the numbers and they're, and they're sort of balancing the equation back. Um, and they're doing it out of like their own, you know, maybe ego or their own personal causes or their own, you know, Reasons that doesn't really mean that they're trying to help, but they're still doing it. They're still helping. So to see a picture of someone and to say like, oh, I hope this person dies the same way or I hope this person like gets what's coming to them. I just I don't think it's a good way to think. I don't think it's it's sort of like uh, a safe way to think because you're also kind of ignoring a whole other side to it. And and you're sort of just um, focusing on, on the emotions and on the negative aspect of something when there's, like, so much positivity coming out of it. I mean, it's like a death of an animal for the, you know, conservation of a species, sort of. It reminds me a lot of that, uh, what is it, like, a psychology test question. Would you save one person to save 
five or would you so kill one person to <laughs> kill, save? Uh, yeah or kill one person to save five or or kill the five to save the one person uh-huh. it, <laughs> it's it's difficult even when somebody asks you asks you that question i have been asked that question uh-huh. and i have just stay like uh damn like honestly what do you do what mm-hmm. would you do it's difficult so i i get it i get it um like I said, it's something that I know it's not going to stop. It's something that I know it's going to happen a lot mm-hmm. because for X reason, you know, you need to keep numbers down. You need to keep the balance around, blah, blah, and so on um, with animals because humans are out of control right now. <laughs> so, or non-human animals. But, um, I mean, <laughs> it, it's one of those things that... that like you said, it just it depends on the situation to me, yeah. in my opinion, because I will accept certain things and I will think, OK, maybe I don't like them. I still don't like it. But yeah, I mean, like you don't have yeah, to go out hunting. Yeah, huh? I don't like it. But I mean, I know that it's going to happen and I know that it's going to benefit some somebody else or something else somehow. So l- there's nothing really I can say about that, to be honest. Um I'm also just the way that I say, you know, leave that animal, just live its life, whatever. I'll say that about a person, too. So um, I guess that's the thing with me. Aside from my personal, very personal feelings, <laughs> obviously. So I, I grew up with a bunch of animals, yeah, um, like dogs, cat, a cat first, just one. <laughs> um, eventually came the rest, but just one cat. And then I had chickens and, and roosters and turtles, fish, hamsters, rabbits. <laughs> and even though I grew up with them, um, just as like, I'm a, I'm a little kid kind of pet. You know, I wasn't really too aware of what they exactly needed or anything, but I was just young and i liked animals and they were provided to me mm-hmm. like my dad would just be like oh yeah. let's go to the pet store let's see if you got something yeah <laughs> it was an entertainment and um nowadays i don't really like that too much either because yeah. it, it's still it's a weird business <coughs> and i don't know it's just just the way that people see it to me it's like how i Years ago, I went with my sister to um, a pet store. I don't know. I'm not going to say any names, but I went with my sister to a pet store, and we were just kind of looking around, and then I went to the the, where they have all the fish, and um, I remember I saw this big tank with a a bunch of little, like, small fish. I, I, I don't know what they're called. And then I remember the top of the tank was just, like, slightly... Um, removed so that you can see down into the tank and I could see that there was this big filter thing and there was like several fish just stuck you could see them like trying really hard to unstuck Mm -hmm. themselves and I thought holy shit I mean if I was working here and I would see that I would want to you know just like get them get them back down where they belong in the water and just you know keep on swimming and I remember I went and I just nicely told um uh, a girl that was working there and I said hey um, there's some fish in that fish tank over there and I can see them struggling mm-hmm. and they're stuck so you know just letting you know if we're gonna go do something because I could see it on her tag that she was in charge of the, department. the that department 
So I was like, okay, well, she's going to do something about it. And in my naive mind, I guess, I thought if she's working at a pet store, she likes animals and she cares about them. So I, I thought immediately she's going to be like, oh, shit, okay, let's go and, and, and take care of them. So she just said, okay. <laughs> and, and I thought, so are you going to go and, like, fix it? And, and then she just, she just, like, stood there and looked at me. She said, well, do you need something? But then at that point, she sounded a little bit annoyed. Mm -hmm. I guess she didn't like that I said that, that I even mentioned that she had to do some work. So I said, no, I just wanted to let you know about the fish. Can you, can you please go and, like, help them? You have the little nets and stuff. And then she said, no, there's nothing I can do. So if you don't need help, I'm just going to go keep doing what, whatever she was doing <laughs> over there. She was doing something else. And I got upset and I said, I thought this was your job to feed, feed the fish that are in the tanks. Obviously, they also have to clean out the stuff. And of course, I thought that it also involved helping them if they saw that some of the fish were getting stuck and obviously were going to die. So I said, well, I would like to talk to your manager because I thought that was just wrong in the way. And eventually the way that she started talking to me, I thought, damn. And like I said, I was way younger when this happened. And I was a little bit more naive, like I said, about people and how people see things and, and that my feelings were so different. So um she just i i forget what she said about the manager like she said she's not here or something like that mm -hmm. so i just went around and i started looking um and yes i i don't i never really found the manager <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's one of those things where i realized wow like not everybody has the same type of feelings i have so what can you do about it right i mean i can't do anything about it and that's too bad so sad kind of thing <laughs> And I just never went back. <laughs> I, I said, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to go back there. I think that also comes from, from like, you know, when you work in an area like that, you work at a pet store where you see like animals constantly like die. We, like, I'm sh pretty sure that that didn't just happen that one day. Like, I'm pretty sure that was happening like throughout her, you and know, I, work experience there. So she was I've kind of detached from that. When people work in something, a lot of the times when you work in something that you say that you love, eventually you become desensitized. Yeah. So I remember when we were trying to get into the whole veterinary thing and, and mm -hmm. uh, well, at least I was maybe trying. And then eventually I thought there's a lot of people that I've seen or known about that have gone into a certain area because they think they love this so much or they're passionate about this so much um, or they want to help. And eventually they become so desensitized that you don't see the same person anymore talking about the same thing that they also wanted to do because they, they like you said, they detach somehow. Yeah, th they see it so much that they don't, they also don't see it anymore. I, I think they also become like demoralized because they, they kind of see what like in their mind they have, like, like you said, they have this like optimistic uh, view of mm -hmm. life where like everybody kind of cares about every, everything. And, you know, animals are going to be well treated everywhere, especially in like a pet store where, you know, mm -hmm. you're supposed to treat your animals well so you can, you know, take care of them and so you can sell them later on. It makes a profit I out of it. I think so. Uh, or in a veteran office where you're working with animals because you're trying to help them. But then, like, you see all these people that are kind of there just for the business aspect of it. Or you see, like, all these, you know, pet owners that aren't really caring for their pets. Uh, a lot of the time. Yeah, so you become kind of demoralized and you realize that, mm -hmm. you know, the world doesn't really work like what you imagined it. So, yeah. like, you're, you're kind of, uh, you know, 
fixing an, a, an artery with a band-aid sort of <laughs> so to speak and, that, and and that's why i usually always think about it like how i'm saying you know it depends on the person and personally i have my own views on things mm-hmm. and and my own feelings about stuff and you know that's that's it that's how it's yeah. gonna be and even even with not even talking about animals right now but this one time i just went to um, my closest clinic nearby clinic and that's another thing. I was younger too, and I, in my mind, it was like, you know, if you choose to go a certain um, route or a certain profession, it's because you feel something, right? Mm-hmm. You you want to help, especially those professions where you help. So I would think, okay, nurses are nurses because they like people and they want to help people. And I remember this one time I went, and I do understand that a lot of the times keep, people get keep, keep telling me I'll, I'll I'll be able to hear you but I'll be right back. <laughs> people people get like um, desensitized for one, and eventually they 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 deal with either animal or person so much that um, I guess eventually they 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 find it annoying maybe. <laughs> so as they find it annoying, I guess they they act differently. So this one time that I went to the clinic, <clears throat> um, I saw this nurse and she was treating everybody, everybody so bad, just bad. And I thought, man, why is she a nurse? So I don't know. In my mind, I just figured, okay, maybe she's just having a bad day or something. So a few days later, I think it was one of those times where the doctor says, you know, you have to come back like two or three days later. Um, to check up on you, see how are you doing. So I came back. Uh, this same nurse was still there. She had the same old face. Like, she was super annoyed with her job. Like, she just was tired of people. Like, she didn't want to deal with people anymore. And so I just figured, I don't know, maybe people really just go into a profession. Maybe at first they think they like it, and then eventually they realize that, you know, life and everything else around it can become a little bit frustrating yeah and and but then again it comes down to me thinking like this is somebody that cares and they don't really care well maybe they, maybe they start Not off anymore. as caring because when we started doing we had a we were part of an organization a nonprofit. yes that would help animals like especially stray dogs or uh homeless dogs get adopted we would we would find foster homes for them, and then we would try to find forever homes for them. And we got out of there not because we stopped caring, but because we saw that the way the organization was being run wasn't really conductive to like these animals really receiving um, like the best treatment possible. Tip top. Yeah. Tip top care. There, there was a little bit of uh, just the stuff way going on. Yeah. yeah. Stuff going on that we didn't really agree with, so we we kind of got out of there. And I think that's part of the reason the. Like, if we had stayed there, I think we would have been either, like, desensitized to the whole aspect or the whole, or our um, idea of how everything should be run, or we would get out of there, which we did. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's these people, like, they come in with an idea, and then they they trying to, like, work towards that idea, but they see that the system around them doesn't really have that idea as well. So, they either, you, you know... You also kind of have to go with it. Morph, morph to it, uh-huh, and... and, and uh, like deal with it or, or get out of it and find something else to do. Or you become the one person that's different and actually sticks to it, but you're going to encounter a lot, a lot of people that are going to try and put you down because of it. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard. And a lot of people can't survive that because it, it's, it's hard to have people tell you, uh, 
why do you even do that like that? Why do you yeah, care? It's, like, it's it hard matter. to swim against the current when it's like hard. your career or your job or your livelihood is involved. Exactly. Because, you know, if you're swimming against the current the whole time and you have people up top kind of telling you, stop doing this. Or, or if you keep doing this, you know, you're going to be fired. There's this constant worry of like, you know, is should I be doing this? I mean, are mm-hmm. my like are the valleys that I hold dear to me? more important than being able to put food on my table or take care of my family. Right. So what do you what do you put on the balance and, and what kind of uh, weighs more than, than the other? And that's why I think in your more most personal, private um, ways of being, I guess, is um, I, how can I explain? The way in which you can actually kind of um, express <laughs> what you actually want or mm-hmm. not want. Like myself, I guess. You know, sometimes I'm like, because I do eat eggs every now and then. <laughs> so, but sometimes I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like it. I just don't want, I don't feel like it. And mm-hmm. I feel today, I just, I don't want to know anything about eggs. <laughs> um, I'll just eat something else because today I don't want to f- like contribute to absolutely anything that has yeah. to do with this, right? Um, as a girl, I guess, too, with products as girls obviously we use a lot of more like personal products and stuff mm-hmm. cosmetics cosmetics and stuff so you know then i decided to okay you know maybe i'm not gonna go ahead and jump into a slaughterhouse and try and get all the cows out but i am gonna try and limit the amount of money that i'm giving to companies that are doing stuff that i don't necessarily <coughs> like <laughs> so it, like they say your money is a vote mm-hmm. in a sense it's true so I started looking into things that I could buy that don't have anything to do with the stuff I don't like. So maybe not even about using an animal product, but also not like testing it on an animal because I also know that testing on an animal requires a lot of, um, well, <laughs> to me it's torture, but I do also know that a lot of stuff has good things have happened from it. Um, obviously well, advances think, in, in, in... I think it's an archaic... Uh, way of of conducting like tests and stuff like that now i think before it was also you see yeah like you didn't have any other alternative there was no alternative yeah there was you just you had to test it on something so it'd be safe for people so you you got an animal you tested on them now that you've already tested all these chemicals way back you already know what chemicals are bad so so now that you know what chemicals are bad, why are you still testing them? Like, why are you still trying to add them to something? You know? I mean, I think it's important to keep testing them just to, to see how uh, maybe find different effects of it and find different ways to treat those effects. Uh, I think it also like stuff transforms over time and you have to find how it's it's interacting with uh, a system. But I do think there are alternatives to these sort of tests. And I'm going to put some on the screen right now. Um, interact with it. And, and there are, and I've also, you know, I, I guess I'm the type of person that just gets traumatized by seeing pain yeah. on another creature. <laughs> so when I see videos about like monkeys or dogs, cats, rabbits, just yeah. getting tortured so badly, like it's stuff poured into their eyes, into their noses, into any, yeah. any cavity in their body, just to see what reaction. And then, you know, their skin starts like burning off. And it's like, I wouldn't want to feel that pain. And I know they do it on the animals because they can't talk so that you don't mm. have to feel that pain. I don't think it's because they can't talk. I think it's because, well, it's, because they, it's more... It's a it, way of saying it. I'm not being like literal that they just because they can't talk. It's a way of saying, honestly, they can't just defend themselves. They can't... And, and there's still people that can defend themselves, but it, it's so much easier to go and do something 
Well, no, I think it's it's it comes down to like morality. Like it's it's immoral to grab a person, yeah, uh, and, and and do it on them. And the but animal it's less... can say it's immoral to do it on me too. The animal can't explain how it also, you know, they're a, a living creature that also feels the same pain, the same amount of pain. They they don't express it the same way. If you you know turn around and punch me in the face right now, and I say that's immoral because I'm feeling pain and 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 I'm feeling something you know then I, but if we just, i do i i do think animals have a higher tolerance for pain and i'm not saying like this is this is uh what should be done i definitely don't agree that it should be done like that um but i do think they have a higher tolerance for pain because i've seen fucking dogs that are like they got run over and their legs are all torn up but they're still kind of wagging their tail and they're still like happy to receive a treat and stuff like that mm-hmm. get some food so i think they do have a higher tolerance for pain again that's not saying that's definitely um, a reason to, to test on them because I don't agree with that anymore. I, mm-hmm. I agree that it was needed before mm-hmm. because that there was no really alternatives. But now that we have alternatives, and I'm going to show you some right now, um, I don't think it's necessary anymore. And I think, I think these are better ways to do it. And it's also better for companies. Like if they're looking at their bottom line, it is a little bit more expensive. But in the end... It gets people like you back. It gets people that are kind of not buying their products because they're testing on animals, maybe back on their good side, and it gets you know more people buying their stuff again. Um, mm-hmm. So alternatives to the use of animals in testing include in vitro test tubes, so based on human cells and tissue cultures, mm-hmm. computerized patient drug databases, computerized bottles and simulations, stem cell and genetic testing methods, non-invasive imaging techniques such as MRIs and CAT scans. Mm-hmm. And microdosing, which is just giving small amounts to like people and just seeing how they mm-hmm. react to it. Um, <laughs> There's people that are actually um, willing willing to do this because yeah. they will get people will get paid to test out um, anything really. Um, I've seen postings about let's say a pharmaceutical company trying to get a medication out, and they actually need people this time, not yeah. just rats. Which is funny because eventually they do need people to test some of the stuff out yeah. because an animal doesn't have the same system that we have. The physiology. Yeah, which is why, you know, if they're going to use human cells to test on, then to me that's ideal because it's <coughs> so much, it's you basically. And, and versus, like you said, even if an animal does have a higher tolerance for pain, say you test something and the animal can tolerate it, but what if a human skin can't? Yeah, they're definitely not not the most accurate test, I don't think. Yeah. And I think they're realizing that now, and that's why they're moving but, more towards... But they would have to do that so that they wouldn't get sued by people saying, hey, this is irritating yeah. my, the hell out of my skin. So they're like, oh, well, but we, we tested it out, and it didn't happen, so yeah. <laughs> shut up. And I think we're moving towards the age of technology where it's definitely going to be um, easier for companies to not test on, on, on animals. Um, there's an article right here that's print 3D printed organs are coming, and I think yeah. they're actually already here. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I remember some people um, already receiving some some of these. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm trying to scroll down, but I can't scroll down. But there's there's a lot of articles like this one that tell us you know that these organs are here, and maybe maybe they can use them for these sort of tests that um, ow, that companies oh, want to run, whether geez. whether it's for for medication or for cosmetics or you know for anything. I think there's alternatives out there. I think they cost more. But like I said, I think if you put the cost of the alternative and weigh it, weigh it or balance it with the cost of like the benefits from people coming back and actually buying your product again because they kind of see you in a more favorable way, I think in the end it sort of balances out and, and you're you're treating you know your your environment, your, your fellow 
uh, beings with with a little bit more respect, and it's better um, better marketing, I think. Yeah, I, think it's I mean, all if, around if a ben- company beneficial. went out and actually said, "Hey, people, do you prefer us testing things on, say, a test tube or a rabbit, a beautiful white rabbit? <laughs> what would you choose?" Uh, I think a lot of people would say, yeah. if you can go for the test tube, go ahead and go for yeah. the test tube. Even the even the people that are that are into like hunting and stuff, I think they'd say like, I mean, if there's not if there's no need to like hurt an animal, then then why do yeah, it? Yeah, especially you know? when it, like if you have alternatives. And, and I'm gonna go back to this again. When you're hunting something, I would like to think, if it's not the type of people like you said that are being sadistic about it, they're just gonna go ahead and shoot the animal. Okay, even <laughs> people die with just one shot. There's not a lot going on most of the time. But if you're going to have an animal just in a cage, basically torturing it every day, that's yeah. a little bit, like, sadder. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, it sucks. So, and it just, it's horrible. Yeah, and <laughs> I, like you said earlier today, like, you, you used to be a vegetarian to you, or you would say something like that, or, like, now you don't know, but it's because I kind of... I what? Like, you said that, where, like, I used to be a vegetarian too, and, like, like now you don't really know what I think. <laughs> oh, well, no. I guess I just mentioned that because... Um, I said, I said you you guys or you people yeah. go in there and comment, yeah. And what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, like, before I, I even knew what was going on, um, like, obviously I was a kid, and I was kind of eating whatever was put in front of me. <laughs> and then uh, I started, like, looking into that stuff. I, I saw some videos, like Peter or something, and it just like hurt my skin and hurt my body to see those animals kind of in the way that they were they were they're treated, the factory farms. Um, so I kind of started moving away from that and like talked to my parents about it, and they were like super surprised because everything they like the only thing they knew was just consuming meat, consuming meat, consuming animal products, you know, dairy, poultry, fish. Um, we're Mexican, so we're actually pretty big on seafood. <laughs> like that, that's that's a massive uh, part of our diet. Um. So uh, talking to them about that, they like told me how it was it was super um, unhealthy to stop eating meat and everything, and I was just like, no, I'm just I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna you know not eat meat for a while, and I think I did it for like two years or like a year and a half or something, where mm-hmm. I just didn't eat any meat and I didn't really feel anything um, like um, unhealthy or anything. If anything, I felt lighter and I felt like my 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 personality or attitude kind of improved. I didn't feel as like upset all the time or angry or stuff like that. <laughs> Um, and then we went to my grandfather's house, um, a little bit south, more south into Mexico, and uh, they made some uh, birria, which is like um, stew or, or like broth, or I don't know what it's called mm. in English, but it's like a soup, um, and it has, you know, a piece of meat in it. And he actually had deer in his backyard, um, and he, he got it, or it wasn't deer, it was a goat. And he got the goat, yes. and, and we were out there, my dad, myself, and my grandpa were out there. And um, I wanted to be out there because I wanted to see like, like I only had the the image of the factory farming in my mind, so I I just like I couldn't believe my grandpa was gonna do something like that. But when he got uh when he got the goat and then he just shot it in the head and then the goat pretty much immediately died like five seconds into it the goat just died, and then um my grandpa like hung it from its feet and then cut slit the throat to kind of uh, bleed it out drain the blood yeah bleed it out and then um. He started, you know, peeling his skin. He started taking piece of pieces of the body and like getting the meat off. And it was like, within a matter of like, I don't know, maybe like 30, 45 minutes, like everything was just served on on bowls and just ready to be cooked. And it was like completely different from the factory farming that I had seen. 
and the goat's life had been completely different from the factory farm animals because the goat had been just in the backyard kind of like <clears throat> munching on, on the grass or whatever and, and, you know, having a lot of space to walk in and they had little sections where they could sleep in because he had multiple uh, goats. And it was just a completely different experience and I, and I told my parents, like, I, you know, I'm okay actually with, with consuming this. I'm okay with having, you know, a bowl of this meat um, because I was there when they killed it. I was I was there, like, I knew that the animal had been okay before it died in order for us to feed on it. Um, so it was a different experience from just knowing that these poor things were like horribly mistreated and, and there was completely a complete disregard for their life. So my, my, my mentality kind of shifted from like, okay, well, um, how many people are actually doing this and, and what kind of meat is coming from where? And, uh, you know, how am I, how much am I committed to this, this thing where I'm not going to eat any meat, but then I see this and I'm like, maybe, maybe that's okay. Maybe that's sort of more acceptable and i can understand why why people will do that so i i went from like super strict and super committed to the cause or to to my idea to being more open-minded and being more like oh you know there's different ways of doing this there's there's different ways to to consume you know these animals or to to treat these animals before their consumption so i mean a little while after that um we went to a more southern part of mexico and it, there was a festival going on, and, and there was, like, bull riding events and, and um, bull fighting events. And I didn't want to go because, like, I, I understood what these animals were going through. I, I sort of felt it. And walking into the area, we walked through where the cages were, and I saw these, like, huge animals in, like, small cages. They couldn't even turn. They couldn't do anything. And there was just people kind of, uh, uh, they were taking care of them in a sense where they were, like, scrubbing them or, or, or um, um like giving them maintenance more more than taking care of them mm -hmm. but then they were also crammed up in little areas and they were obviously uncomfortable so it just felt like it was a wrong place for me and and there was a combination of like fear like what if these animals get out of their cages and like kill us and it was also like sadness because like poor things you know like their whole life has just led up to this moment and this is where they're gonna die like they're gonna get released out there, and then the the bullfighter is just gonna fucking kill them after torturing them for a while. And I understood that, and and it helped see the difference between like you know these people are just doing it for entertainment. They're just torturing the animal, and then my grandpa like he was treating the goats well. He was feeding them. He was giving them space to live. He was giving them you know, a life, and then he got them, and then he ate them. You know because that, it was his it was his uh, livelihood. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I kind of understood. There's like two sides to this coin. And then um, I didn't really like I was I was like you like I would see pictures of hunters and I'm like oh these motherfuckers like I hope somebody shoots them like if I had a if I had sniper training I would fucking grab a sniper <laughs> rifle and I would just wait on them to start hunting and I would just shoot them all but that's a really unhealthy way to think about things too and it's unhealthy to kind of you know close like have tunnel vision towards them because then you start reading all all these you know benefits of hunting not just like um, in your health because it's obviously a lot healthier to go out hunt your own you know deer or your own elk and then cut the meat and then just eat those natural fats then you know all these animals that are coming from farms that um, are all like injected with hormones or vitamins or, or um, what are they called to prevent diseases they're like immunizations and all that stuff oh, yeah. yeah so you're getting a lot of chemicals with your meat as opposed to like a wild animal that's just kind of grazing or just eating whatever and then you just consume their meat um so 
it just kind of opened my eyes to, and I started doing a lot of research and I try to show you a lot of what I found, but I, I think I missed a lot of stuff. And like <laughs> I said, it wasn't, I wasn't trying to like change your mind or, or kind of anything like that. I was just kind of trying to get your take on it because like when I found this data and when I started looking into it, like it really opened my eyes to like, you know, there's a whole new side to this story. <laughs> just like when, when I stopped eating meat for the first time, and I just thought like whole uh, meat consumption was just horrible in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I found the new side to the story, and I found the new kind of like acceptable or or more um, a way that I could understand why people were doing it. Well, like I said, I've been like this for about fourteen years, so fourteen years is a long time. And in all that time, I have seen a, a lot of things. Yeah, I've obviously done some research myself, and I have. Um, disregarded what I just don't agree with and yeah. you know and I think that's dangerous and, and, and <laughs> disregarded it though in a way that that not that I'm not going to be aware of it and, and have it like in my mind uh-huh. but disregarded as maybe <clears throat> you know it's may, maybe still not something I fully agree with mm-hmm. but still like I said it's not that I'm like uber close minded about it because if you go like you said if you go ahead and you show me something and you tell me hey but this is going on this is yeah. why this is happening okay you know I'll I'll go ahead and, and and see what I what I think about it and and maybe check out um what is going on but like you said I have known that difference with like factory farming ways and people that have their own animals and they're surviving off of those animals. Mm-hmm. And, and I have seen that too, people that have their own animals, they're not mistreating them, of course, because I mean, <laughs> I don't think anybody would want to eat an animal that's sick, mistreated and just not okay. Um, so they, I've seen that they treat them okay. But when they go to an area where they're just used for fun or, or when it's factory farming, then I, that's when I, I know that well, I think they're treated it, I way, think way differently. We, we have to differentiate an, an area where it's just for fun and factory farming because when it's factory farming, like these animals are just treated as you know product. They're, they're, they're pre-packaged meat when they're yeah, just an animal form. Since they were born, basically, they're not seen as anything except, yeah. except future, that's going to go and die Future packaged meat that's going to yeah. help the bottom line. And when you're doing it for for entertainment, like I said, you know, if you're trophy hunting, like yes, you're doing it for entertainment, and it's not entertainment, and it's not the most um, altruistic of reasons to do it, but it's still like so much help, <laughs> so much more help than you know not doing anything, than than maybe just um, like refusing to buy cosmetic products and only buying products that are are not uh, treated or tested on animals. Like that's a good way. That's that's again putting putting your money um, or using your money as a vote or something you said or that sort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> using your money as a vote, and I think that's really respectable because not only are you talking about it, and not only are you saying like I don't agree with this, but you know, I mean, it's I gotta buy it right because I gotta use it. Like you're actually putting your money where your mouth is, and you're you're making it work. But I, I also think like there's no way that you can you can look at the benefits of hunting for for wildlife conservation and say like that that should not be allowed that should not be available i think people should stop doing it i think it's like horrible that they do this when there's so much money put into the system that helps so much more than it hurts i mean it's really not hurting anything the, the only people that are hurting you know animals really in a way are, are poachers that are um just gathering parts of the animal and then you know just 
um, leaving the carcass right there for to rot. So I think if it's unfair to group that group of people with with other hunters that are kind of helping more than they are hurting. And I think that's sort of a, a blind spot that everybody has where if you think hunting, you think evil and you think horrible and you think bad things. And I think that's not the case. I think um, based on the data and based on the information, I think that's definitely not the case. And I think they also put their money where their mouth is. Whenever a hunter says, like, I actually care for animals and I like animals and, and, and I'm trying to help. And they're like, oh, well, he's a hunter. So what a hypocrite. You're, you're killing animals. How can you say that you, you love animals when you're killing them? But then you look at, at the data and you look at how much money is spent in, in conservation of wildlife. Um, and you think like, okay, you know, this is, this is kind of making sense right now. I guess I, I still, I see what you're saying, but I guess the thing why people go ahead and just judge it like that is because if I love something, I don't think I would want to kill it, even if I'm trying to help it. Um, especially when you actually use the word. If you're just going to say, well, I'm just trying to help, whatever. But if you just go ahead and say, no, I love something and you say you love it and then you just do something that, you know, in most people's eyes is not the equivalent of love, then that's I think that's the problem. Why a lot of people would think, hey, well, you're being a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, maybe. They can keep doing what they're doing, but maybe just put it differently because when you do hear that, it's like, wow, well, I mean, <laughs> if if you love something, why are you going to kill it? You actually want it to flourish to, you know. But they're not they're not killing animals that aren't flourishing. They're not. Those are the poachers. Those are the people that are, are endangering a species. You know, the people that are hunting out there that say like, oh, I love elk and they're out there hunting elk. I mean, they understand that there's an overpopulation of it. And then in order to conserve uh, a sustainable population size or, or an area where they can actually flourish, you know, they have to go in there and, and they have to I consume them. That, and, but and is it maybe the possibility that, they, that when they're saying I love elk, they're saying in their mind, they're saying I love elk. But deep down, it means like I love hunting down the elk or I love doing this or that with the elk. Because like I said, that's this. Is, I'm saying this is the point of view of a person that maybe thinks highly of the word I love something or the phrase I love something. And if then you go ahead and tell them what well, I love this, but I'm going to kill it because whatever reason, then you're bound to have I the mean, reaction of people by calling you a hypocrite. You can't really say whatever reason, though, because the reason the reason they're killing it is so that the species can survive. So and, it, and once again, it comes down to that thing where you get rid of one to help another five. But you're not you're not just getting rid of it. Like you're not just killing it and then like oh okay done. Like you're you're actually like taking the time to train for it. And then you, when once you kill it, you're actually like consuming it and you're actually you know doing something out of it. So I mean, there's I think there's actually more. Um, whenever I hear like a hunter say like I love elk, they're such majestic creatures. Um, they're huge and it's amazing when you like hunting them and you you're you're like perched and then you see one like walk in front of you just they're massive and like their size and then just like mm. what they emit you know the the energy of the force that they emit like i i believe them i can see it in in, in their face i can see it in their words and the way they express themselves about these creatures that they have a respect for them and they're out there um um hunting them but like they they train for it you know they 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 believe that um, they can get out there and and they can 
um, sort of get in their heads and, and I don't know, it just seems like they're more closer um, with the environment or more closer with, with Earth and they're more respectful of the creature by actually um, going out there and hunting it rather than just like purchasing a meat out of like a supermarket where you're, we're like so desensitized about if it. If you're gonna put it like that, then yes. Well, course. I mean, I don't see how... The way I see you're putting it is from, from an aspect of like, again, like emotion, like like um, sort of having your own mindset and then and then hearing this person and your emotions kind of take over and it's like, where well, these people are stupid because there's no way they can love an animal and then kill it. And that's more like leading you know with your emotions rather than actually like thinking about it and thinking like, you know, what's their logic behind loving an animal and, and, and you know, killing one of them. They're not out well, there just exterminating a species. They're out there kind of helping cool the population so that it, it it thrives later on yes but like i'm saying that's what i'm saying about a lot of people aren't gonna see it with their emotions and they're gonna call those people hypocrite because they're using because of the words that they're using to but that's describe just not, what they're doing that's just not productive that just means so it leads to a lot of like unnecessary confrontations and 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 arguments that like in the end it just hurts um it hurts the end game which is you know, to help to help the environment, to help these species like grow together. Because if on one side you have a person calling another person a hypocrite because they're hunting, but they're also like giving so much to to the cause to wildlife conservation, and on the other side you have this hunter telling like, well, you're a hypocrite because like you're not doing enough, and and you're just you're focusing on me instead of focusing on the problem. Now you have these two people that are kind of working towards the same um, um, goal fighting each other instead of fighting you know the the people that are actually the problem i see what you're saying <laughs> that obviously this all creates a split and that's why when you go on the internet and you know you see something you always see people like going at it of yeah. course and, and back and forth no you're stupid no you're yeah, stupid and it's, it's easier to exactly <laughs> to, to go that route to like you disagree with me well you're a fucking idiot yeah and it's not like no 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 you disagree with me well here let me explain to you why why i'm doing what i'm doing and then if people are like, oh, well, okay, I can and, see, I can see how this happening. And this is the reason, too. There's very few people that actually explain what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Trust me. Because I've been... Well, there's very I, few I've people seen... willing to hear those explanations, too. Like, once they're set on their ideas and their... And their right. Yeah. But I've also seen... Because I, I have read a lot of the times, even, even, even like the other side or any side, really, it, it's like nobody really explains what's going on. They just kind of start, you know, like well you guys are dumb and no you guys are dumb nah you guys are dumb because you know i don't know you're stupid or your little feelings or this or that and no you're dumb because yeah it's like it's really easy for people to get defensive yeah so like you said it does create a split yeah and yes people eventually end up like hating each other because of Mm -hmm. it and so eventually it doesn't matter who it is that you're talking to you're just gonna see them as someone that you can't get along with and that is definitely not part of your world, and they should just not exist or be there. <laughs> it's true. I'm saying, I'm saying, like, I understand all of this, everything yeah. that you're saying. I understand it, and I can see it, too. But, I mean, after all, <laughs> I guess, mo- for the most part, we are, like, the emotional beings, right? Yeah. This is why people would say animals don't have feelings, because they don't exactly show emotions in the ways that we show them. Yeah. We actually, like, we do a bunch of shit because of emotions so (laughs) well i've heard the argument and this is where i I kind of agree with with people that are sort of on your side of of this whole uh, idea 
where it's like, well, you know, when we go out there and we hunt, um, we try to do it as quickly as possible uh, in a sense that we try to shoot the animal in an area where they're going to die just as quickly as possible and it's going to cause less suffering and less pain. And in a way, it's more humane than what nature does because other animals, they don't care. You know, they, they're out there and they just, you know, there's there's alligators that eat, you know, these gazelles and, and they just destroy their intestines or whatever and the gazelle's still alive as they're eating them. And it's like, well, you know, it's it's different mentality because these pe- these animals, these creatures are doing it out of instinct. You know, they're doing it to survive. They're doing it because there's no other option. Whereas you are doing it for the pleasure. The pleasure of like hunting or pleasure of, you know, getting your own food or, or the pleasure of the kill or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you, you're obviously going to have a different mentality than these animals that are like, if I don't kill this thing right now in whatever way possible, I'm, I'm going to die. die. Yeah. So that's an argument that I don't I don't really agree with, and I and I do think it's a dumb argument to make, and I think it's counterproductive to the whole idea of hunting, and and the the actual benefits of hunting and the good parts of it, because I think there's a lot of good parts of it, other than the whole economic you know aspect of it, other than the whole wildlife refuge. I think if you're if you're preparing yourself for for a thing like this, and then you actually head out there, and it's not like you're walking down the road and then you see an animal and boom, you shoot it. It's like, you're actually going into the wild and you're kind of living in the environment and, and, and experiencing like the environment around you and then trying to survive also in that environment. It's not only like killing an animal, it's surviving it long enough to be able to, to get to that animal and kill it. Right. Um, so you're kind of more in tune with, with nature and you kind of appreciate nature a little bit more and you appreciate the animal a little bit more because for the most part it's going to give you trouble it's going to give you a hard time to actually hunt it down and to actually track it and find it and and when you shoot it to to be able to actually hit it you know it's not just as easy as you know point and shoot and kill um so i think it also allows people to be more in tune with nature and there's a lot there's i think that's a lot different for a person that hunts and actually goes out there and actually sees the animals in person and actually you know experiences the kill and knows the value of life and and understands the value of a life they're taking and and appreciates that more so than a person that kind of sits you know behind a desk and, and like oh these people are fucking stupid for shooting the animal and i hope they die too where they're also sort of like separated from nature and desensitized from what it actually means to be out there and to actually see and, and experience this you know uh the hunting process so i think people would benefit and not only people but i think the whole system the the whole environment the whole you know wildlife as a whole would would uh, benefit from people being more open minded and sort of listening to other people's points and, and reasons for doing things and then sort of combining that and morphing that into like one full system. And that's the thing with also a lot of the people that are like um, uh, for hunting and for I don't know just killing an animal, be it for necessity or pleasure. Um, a lot of the times. Like they like like you say they won't sit down and explain things like like how you're trying to explain it right now right. They won't actually take the time to do that because they a lot of times to be honest they also don't know what the hell is going on and this is why. That's not. I don't think that's true. I think if you're if you're, I think if you're fully into hunting and if you if that's like a big part of your life, like you know you know what's going on you if know what sort of. If you're fully into hunting, but if you're the person that's also like oh hell yeah you know you know the people that are hunting hunt but like you said they're also the equivalent of the other person just sitting behind a computer and they're just you know 
defending something yeah, I mean, there's, because there's they, trolls on both because sides. they eat meat and they just want to see you know like a vegetarian or a vegan or whatever yeah. and they also don't have that experience of getting exactly. out there they yeah. also don't know but they they also make it like bad because then you're starting to have all the, the people on the other side start hating because they're just being fucking rude like straight up rude like oh yeah go eat grass or go eat lettuce or whatever you know and and it's like well then how do you expect any 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 sort of um understanding also from another side that's mm-hmm. coming in maybe more emotional than you are but you're coming off as a like a heartless rude asshole you know so th- obviously yeah. those two are gonna clash when you have this very rude person and this like over emotional person like big hearted or whatever you want to call it person then of course it's gonna clash and, every- and no- nothing's yeah. gonna happen and everybody's gonna hate each other and, as and, usual and i have i have a friend that's kind of like that he's kind of a troll and he's, he's sort of an asshole when it comes to these things whenever he hears you know like a guy is not eating meat or when, when i stopped eating meat for that like year and a half where i saw all that factory farming stuff like he was a jerk to me he would say like oh you, you you're a pussy why aren't you eating any meat <laughs> like oh look at this burger it's so fucking delicious like you're missing out so much and i understand there's people <laughs> like that and he's not a hunter you know he doesn't know the value of, of the hunt or, or preparing for a hunt or actually killing an animal with his own bare hands or with a bow or, and skinning an animal or like anything like that he was just a troll and i think there's trolls on both sides and i think those are the people that kind of hurt um the the overall community of of people that actually care for the environment where there is caring by putting money into it by hunting or whether it's you know caring by refusing to consume any sort of animal product and putting money into it by you know um making smarter choices uh of products to buy that aren't really uh, influencing the sort of things that they don't like i think the people that are in the middle that are like kind of trolling everybody are the people that like those two groups should be focusing on instead of focusing on each other because those are the people that are creating the problems. Those are the, pr- the people that are creating the divide. And those are the people that are kind of, um, th- they have the focus on them. And then from that focus sort of comes a, a whole generalization of everybody else. Because you, you see a person that's like, oh, you're such a fucking crybaby. And you're always like talking shit about people that hunt. And you're always posting all these things on online about people that are hunting. And you're always, you know, like you're valuing a person's uh, an animal's life over a person by saying you know you shot a boar therefore you should be shot so you're kind of like your value of life is sort of it's sort of weird and you become this sort of uh like a hypocrite so these people that aren't really doing anything for the cause and that are doing these things are are sort of a representing uh the people that are not saying those things because they're the ones that are louder <laughs> so it's easy for a person to generalize that whereas the person who's hunting and you only see a picture of them smiling, but you don't see the process that went into it and the money that's going back to the system. Like you're generalizing that picture over the whole, you know, the whole uh, people that are doing that. So it's unhealthy for both sides to just be closed-minded and to just focus on one and aspect. And you just of get defensive as soon as you see somebody yeah. that does the opposite of what you do. Then you just get defensive. Yeah, right it's away. really easy for everyone. Yeah, to get because defensive. you you're just gonna feel like you're gonna get attacked out of nowhere maybe you're just or, bracing or for it you're just bracing for it and you're ready to spit out whatever you have to spit yeah. out to get back at them exactly and and like i don't know if you've noticed but um like <clears throat> even myself or i guess as you would say a vegetarian <laughs> i could even get shit from a vegan oh yeah i could even get attacked by <laughs> somebody that's actually taking the 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 route of uh, veganism and they would actually probably call me a hypocrite or actually they would call me a hypocrite <laughs> so um like 
I also know that. And this is the thing, like, it's 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 such a complicated uh, topic, I guess you could say. Because if I say, yeah, I don't eat meat, but every now and then I might eat cheese because I don't know, like, my family <laughs> loves quesadillas or something. <laughs> so I might, I might have a quesadilla every now and then. So I'm obviously consuming um, a product that comes from an animal that I know is being mistreated. Yeah. So <coughs> they would obviously call me a hypocrite. And I'm like, I'm okay with it because it, with my means, I'm doing as much as I can. And I also understand not everybody has the same means, which is why I know there's people out there that have to hunt down their own food. Yeah. Not everybody has the same means and not everybody has the same mentality. I am 100% aware of that. Well, even um, even if you even if you had the means to like go full vegan, but if you decided like, you know what, I feel like a quesadilla today. Like, what is what, why, why is it their business that 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 you mm-hmm. sometimes do that? I mean, especially mm-hmm. especially if you're doing so much for for a cause, and then you just decide to do maybe the opposite one day or or kind of treat yourself one day. I mean, the good should outweigh the bad and that's that's kind of what i'm getting at the good should always yeah. outweigh the bad i mean you're if you're doing a little bad and you're doing a lot of good like if we just focus on on why you're doing it and what good is coming out of it then you know maybe kind of be a little bit more tolerant of those things i mean there's always going to be those people that are um going to call someone else a hypocrite i think it's a little ladder yeah, I was like, <laughs> like in my in my sense i've never ever went up to somebody and told them you're fucking disgusting because yeah. you're eating meat in front of me or you're fucking disgusting because I know that you eat meat or I've never ever told anybody Yeah. ever. That's also unhealthy. Like, why would you want to do that? Right. In fact, I work right now. My work requires me to kind of handle uh, different foods. So I, I'm, I just, the thing with me is like, I, I've just chosen what I want to be, mm-hmm. I guess in a sense that, I'm working for myself. If I think that my body can't, if my body can't take certain food, I'm not going to have it. I'm just, you know, that's it. And maybe I'll call other people a hypocrite and other people are going to call me a hypocrite. That's how it is. We all, well, <laughs> we all tend to kind of dab at each other a little there's, bit. Like we'll try to, you know, pick at each other. There's these, uh, there's these people that do oh, this breath, thing. Breath, ther- breath, breath. Breath, ah! Breathitarianism? <laughs> I can't Breath- even No, say it's uh, breatharianism. I'll put it on the screen. You know what? I was actually... Um, Boom, breatharianism. Uh, I was reading about this the other Jeez, day. This is funny. these people. Actually, no, this week. They will um, come to the belief that eventually they can survive just by breathing the air. Yeah, so inedia or breatharism, breatharianism is a belief that it is possible for a person to live without consuming food. Breatharians claim that food and in some cases water are not necessary for survival and that humans can be sustained solely by prana, the vital life force in Hinduism. Yes. So according to Ayurveda, Ayurveda, sunlight is one of the main sources of prana and some practitioners believe that it is possible for a person to survive on sunlight alone. The terms breatharianism like or inedia may also refer to this <laughs> philosophy when it is practiced as a lifestyle in place of the usual diet. And so see, there's people that actually do see, this. Even I'll laugh at this because. <laughs> well, you, you'll. The, the thing is. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Fine. No, you. Okay. Well, you'll you'll laugh at this the way that 
you know, meat eaters will laugh at you. Yeah. And they'll, and you'll call meat eaters sort of hypocrites and vegans will call vegetarians mm-hmm. hypocrites. Just like these people will call vegans hypocrites because yes. they're still consuming they're plants. Still consuming something. And a lot of people still believe that plants have feelings and then there's this idea like, well, plants have feelings too, so why do you think eating them is okay? And there, there's actually like um, studies that show that plants do think <laughs> and plants mm-hmm. do sort of feel, but in, not in the same way that humans do. I, I'm not sure right here. Yeah, because they don't, they definitely don't have the same nervous system that in animal and i'm referring to animal this time as both human and non-human because animal is um means basically like a uh a soul an anima so uh, so plants are are different i mean the way that they metabolize their nutrients and everything is just different from something human yeah or animal. So I'm, I'm going to put it on the screen right now. This is a little study that I found. And it says plants can think and remember. But it's not the same sort of thinking and remembering that you would you would see from a conscious being like uh, any sort of like mammal, reptilian, or fish, or human animal. Yeah. Um, because their, fe- their feelings or their actions or reactions or thoughts or memories are not, you know, through a nervous system. They're through like chemical reactions. Mm-hmm. So it says... Uh, Plants, science, and say transmit information about light and sensitivity or intensity and quality from leaf to leaf in a very similar way to our own nervous systems. So it's a similar way, um, but it's more chemical. So they they absorb the chemicals that are yes. sort of like in the photons or whatever, mm-hmm. and then their their chemicals inside of them react differently and and sort of uh, that's what they say as thinking. So they, they receive these chemicals and then their chemicals react and then produce other substances that they're, sort of they're protect or help information, the plant. Yeah. But they're not processing it in the same way that a we brain would. doesn't. Yeah. yeah. So this showed they say that the plant mm-hmm. remembered the information encoded in light. So that's that's a that's a key word like encoded in light. Like we don't think mm-hmm. like that. You know we don't we don't. Have, in a sense, it's subconsciously we do think like that. We receive light and and different uh, wavelengths. We see different colors. So subconsciously, we do we do um, uh, sort of break down uh, those sort of chemicals like that. But we also have this extra sensory uh, thing where we actually feel things and we actually think about things and, and yeah. we react to things you know, physically and, and uh, consciously or subconsciously too. So I mean, it's different. It's kind of ridiculous for people to say like, "Oh, well, plants have feelings too." So why do you consume them, you hypocrite? Um, well, just I would always argument. say if you're gonna if you're gonna talk to me about feelings and don't eat anything, then go yeah. ahead and be a vegetarian. Yeah, that's the thing. I because I have been told that oh well, you're killing plants. <laughs> and when when I was a vegetarian <laughs> or, or when I was I think I went vegan for like a few months, but I just couldn't do it because I do love cheese a lot. Mm. Um, <laughs> whenever I was told like oh well, why are you consuming plants if they have feelings too? And the whole idea was like I'm not trying to like completely. I'm, I know it's impossible to just completely stop. You know, killing something in order to like feed myself or to consume something, I'm just trying to like minimize the the sort of uh, suffering that uh, I'm gonna promote in the world or that I'm gonna be part of in the world. Because by mm-hmm. by consuming sort of packaged meats or, or poultry or, or fish that are either you know massively you know fished or, or or produced or factory farmed, you're sort of like you said, you're voting with your money or you're using your money as a vote where you're you're putting your money into the system that's treating all these animals and all these living beings in a real cruel way. You know, they're, they're, it's like super, super cruel and super horrible. 
and you're you're being a part of that because you're giving them money to do it you're you're allowing them to continue those sort of um practices um whereas you know if you're eating a plant like plant goes from plant to ba to basket to your mouth um and animal goes to like it eats a plant and then it it fattens it up and then it goes through like this whole horrible process of being turned into packaged meat and you know throughout their whole life it's just complete suffering where a plant is just it's just a plant you know yeah it's just there and then it's in your in your basically in your fucking plate i think another another aspect to that was that um a lot a lot of the well one of the reasons i guess that vegans would say you know well we eat plants even though they are still considered living beings it's exactly because of that cuz they are yeah. living yeah. so when you're going to talk about health benefits, then, yes, something that's living and it's going to go into your system and still has that, like, life source and power within them, you're consuming that. When you're consuming a dead animal, especially with, uh, and I'm talking factory farming right now, you're consuming an animal that has been dead for who knows how long, and they've had, mm -hmm. like, nitrates or something put into them. Preservatives. So that preservatives so that they still look like they were butchered just yesterday yeah. or this morning and i saw that um some of the some of the meats actually get injected with some sort of like dye or something so that yes. they look red because a lot of them aren't even supposed to look red anymore yes right? right because the animal has been dead for who knows how long and they're actually getting shipped to different places and they're frozen and sometimes they're thawed and refrozen i mean to be honest you don't really know exactly how long that animal has been dead for so so uh the I guess the um, health side of the argument would be that, yes, then I do prefer eating something that's alive because mm -hmm. it's nurturing my body and it's actually feeding my body something good versus eating something that was way freaking dead for a while. And right now it's nothing but like, you know, um, almost rotten carcass because yeah. once again, you don't know how long it's been dead. Now, if you do go ahead and get, like, wild game, which would be you go and you hunt down your own um, animal to eat, then, yes, you know it's fresh. Mm -hmm. You know it's fresh. Yeah. And it's almost still like eating a plant. Y yes, you are going to get the, the, the proteins and everything from that animal that are healthy to you. Yeah. Because, one, the animal was healthy, and you're eating it, like, as soon as you killed it. But with factory farming, it's a completely different story, and it's basically poison. So um, yeah. that's why that whole like, oh, you're, you know, a, you're eating a plant that's alive. It's like, and <laughs> according to what I'm looking at here, it actually is poison because it says there's a study that says the fact is that as much as seventy percent of meat sold in stores is treated with carbon monoxide to keep the meat a deceptively fresh-looking red color, because it says. Um, once meat becomes exposed to air, oxidation begins, to which gradually turns the red color of the meat to a more unappetizing brown or gray color within just a few days. Yes. So if you're looking at meat that's in a, in a supermarket, it's probably been there maybe like 10, 14 days at most. Yes. And after that, it's thrown out. Mm -hmm. um, so after like maybe the six or seven days of being just out in the air, it should be a brown, <laughs> brownish, grayish color that people are just not going to want to buy. So in order to have it out there a little bit more time, like maybe a few more days, they actually treat it with carbon monoxide, which, as we know, is dangerous to humans. <laughs> um, and, yeah, you're pretty much eating, like, poison. And you're, you're, you're feeding into this whole, like, machine of, like, 
horrible treatment to animals and, and pretty much horrible treatment of humans too because they're feeding you this poison and and you're just taking it willingly. And and also there's there another thing with that because um, I don't like when people say you are basically um, <laughs> gonna be like super unhealthy because you're not eating any meat when... By now, everybody everybody should know that the meat that you're eating is also not the healthiest, even though it's still meat. Yes, it's protein, but it's not the healthiest protein. So I understand if somebody goes out and kills a, a deer or, or a cow on their own and they butcher it and they take out all the guts and you do all the dirty work yourself, yeah. you are eating a fresh, uh, hopefully healthy animal. And if you're going to say, well, I want my protein then I'll understand that because you're actually getting the good, your good protein, fresh, uh, healthy protein. If you're going to defend factory farming because you're getting your protein, to me, that's ridiculous because, like, do you not realize that you're not eating meat anymore? You're eating, like, a byproduct of something filled with chemicals. Yeah, you're getting, you're putting in so many more negative you know, chemicals so into your body than just that protein. So you're telling people that don't eat meat that they're unhealthy when, in fact... Well, everybody's unhealthy because, for one, the environment is kind of messed up right now. For like everything is messed up. I mean, yeah. even even when you buy like plastic cups, you know how <laughs> they would say try and buy like um, the what was it? Um, <sighs> the styrofoam. No, <laughs> a plastic cup that doesn't have that other plastic uh, chemical derivative to it. Um, BPA. There you go. Oh. Um, even with like plastic, Didn't they, we would say, so technical. they would say, you know, try and get the like BPA free oh, yeah, uh, I've seen plastic, that. right? <laughs> because even that, even having like plastic around you will release toxins or um, the, the type of toxin w- that will turn into estrogen mm-hmm. and it will mess up your body because we all know hormones mess up a lot of things in your body and that's yeah. emotions. And this is why they say women are so emotional. Yes, we get messed up with a lot of uh, hormone imbalances and, and, you know. So, anyways, you're getting all that from the meat that you're eating. And it's it's a little bit also, like, not so good that people try to attack you with that argument. Mm. Because technically, well, it just it's kind of like... There's, there's also, there's also uh, people that are only like well vegetarians or vegans that are attack other vegetarians or vegans that uh refuse to acknowledge the the dangers or supposed dangers of gmos and you know, genetic manipulation of, of plants in order to to create more um crops that resist sort of plagues or or, or you know stuff like that and i think I mean, it's there's there's two sides to the coin. As always, there's a, there's a side that yeah, GMOs like they're sort of unnatural. They're they're not really um, just natural grown plants. They're not organic, but um, they are made so that this whole um, plant eating um, system is more sustainable because you know plants, as we saw, meat is treated so that it doesn't look bad, and it only lasts a certain amount of time. Plants all are also treated so that they don't rot as fast. So that they can be in the supermarket or whatever longer so that people have more opportunities to purchase them and consume them. I now, think mostly with plants is that when you have them as crops, you're going to have um, competition with the animals around. They're going to try and eat them up. And a lot of times it's insects or, or I don't know, like any other animal really that will eat a plant. 
So you're basically losing your crops to a pest a lot of the times if you don't take care of it with chemicals. Yeah, and they're just pretty much going to waste. Uh huh, and they are going to waste. True. When people argue about the whole GMO thing, it's more about the health uh, impact of it because um, even with myself, uh, I, okay, this has happened. Where I work, <laughs> we, we give out fruit, but we give out the type of fruit that obviously you can buy for like big amounts of it and, and you know. So it's, it's uh, fruit that has been treated with wax and, and pesticides, of course. So, this one time I grabbed an apple mm-hmm. and I ate it and I could feel the wax coating on it. And I didn't think anything of it. I thought, I'm eating an apple. Hell, I'm having my fiber. <laughs> no kidding. Like an hour later, I could feel my intestines just go like, and I was like, oh, <laughs> what is this? And it was from just one apple that I had eaten. And I knew it was the apple because that had not happened to me before. And it so happens to be that that one time that happened, I just had this one apple that I thought, you know what? I don't really like that. It has this wax coating on it and I can like almost feel it when I'm chewing on it. Mm-hmm. So my body, my, my own, because there's people that um, maybe they'll tolerate it. Like their system is a little bit more like stronger or resistant or whatever. But there's people that actually you're going to see an effect right away. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sensitive to with those things. So um, I immediately thought, holy shit, I don't want to eat these types of apples anymore. Like uh, I would try and get something that's organic because I know it's not going to have all that residue on it. Mm-hmm. Even if I get a cleaner or something to clean the fruit, still I would f- like, I wouldn't feel too good eating the waxy apple versus one that doesn't have all that stuff on it. So that's just my own take on yeah. the whole, you know, people well, going not, at it. That's with not really like GMO. That's just sort of preservatives. Um, true, true. But still, um, like GMO, you're still sort of like manipulating the the stuff, the produce, <clears throat> I guess. But the way I see it is they're, they're manipulating the produce so that it, it lasts longer, so that people have more opportunities to consume them, so that it becomes like a viable source of like nutrition and not something that's just going to rot right away because... If you if you take an apple from an organic organic store and and you put it on your fr- in your fridge or, or if you leave it outside, within a few days like it's going to be turning brown and then it's going to just rot away. But if you take an apple from like Albertsons or Walmart or whatever and you leave it outside, like I still have apples that I bought like three or four weeks ago, mm-hmm. and they're still good. You know, they're still crispy, they're still crunchy, they're not <laughs> they're not chewy. They're and crispy of course, and they're crunchy, but I think I had read that they don't have the same nutritional value. Yeah, I mean, of course they're treated and there's some sort of like sacrifice, but they're there, you know, and there is a nutritional value as opposed to not having them anymore and to just having them run away or like buying something and having to consume it in that, you know, second or, or when it, within a certain amount of time, otherwise it's gone. I think there's a lot of benefits to, to GMOs. Again, I was like super opposed to it before because I only saw it from one side. I only saw it from the side of like, these things are harmful and they should not be allowed. But then you start going into like, well, I mean, our population is booming, <laughs> There are like 7 billion people on the planet. Like everybody needs why, food. And that's why it's there. The thing with that is, um, for me, in my opinion, I think that I'm okay with it in the sense that if you just go full on organic at this point in time, um, a lot of the crops are not going to survive. Yeah. Because a lot of the land is not even, it's already like toxic. So a lot of the crops are not going to survive organically. 
and there, like you said, there's way too many people. So you need like mass production as well of um, produce, uh, potatoes or whatever it is, celery, whatever it is. Ah, so. Uh, yeah, and you also need for it to not go directly from farm to store to plate. You need it to go from like farm to maybe storage to then store so that if there is a bad season or if there is a bad sort of, uh, you know, land or something that you need to recover, like you're not running out of things. There's no, there's no, um, there's always a surplus of things yeah. so that you can have it. That's to why be prepared. when you have organic, there's usually like seasonal. You won't yeah. see a certain type of fruit or something at the store for a while yeah. until it comes back into season. Um, which though I have also read that it's actually, it's natural, right? For that to happen. Mm-hmm. Not everything grows in the winter. So your body assimilates <laughs> this better as well because somehow nature didn't give you the fruit that you're not supposed to be eating during the winter time but it gives you the stuff that your body is okay to eat during the winter time because we all know these changes do affect you somehow but i think nature Mm. i mean the way at least it does it is that it gives you a surplus of these things during spring and summer so that you um consume them in mass and, you know, so you can store them in your body for the winter yes. so that if you don't have them for the winter, you have them stored in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we don't do that. <laughs> we definitely don't do that. We don't we don't consume stuff in mass uh, throughout like spring and summer uh, so that we're ready for the winter. We just do it as needed per day, you know. And so that's also kind of a unsustainable sort of lifestyle if you're just going to, you know, look at it from that point of view. And, well, yeah, we come back to the whole why we have all this factory things going on. And it's because it's hard to have this, like, billions or millions amounts of of people in one country. And we're trying to feed them all um, at the same time. (laughs) So, but I like the balance that, um, like, organic uh, produce is bringing out because... Maybe now you don't have to necessarily just have like a like, you know, everything factory. But now you can have some farmers that are like, you know what, I'm just gonna go full on organic. Yeah. And now you have the option. Now you have people that yeah, are I actually like that. willing to pay a higher price for something that's um, organic. And so now you kind of maybe, you know, it sucks, but maybe one farmer that was doing like conventional um, farming is gonna maybe go out of business because. Next to him is an organic farmer. Now the people are like, hey, actually, we think we feel better with the organic produce. And, 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 you know, the other farmer might go out of business. But now, just like with the hunting, there's like this balance that there's an option, I guess you could say. I don't really think they go out of business because if you look at an organic farmer, they sell in farmer markets. They sell close to home. They sell to people that are willing to pay those prices, like you said, um, for those organic products. And you look at sort of factory like farming of, of crops and they're sort of uh, suppliers for big chains and they're like sending it all across the country, not just for their local um, markets. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a balance and I think it's good well, to have options. Yeah. I think I, I totally agree with that. I don't think it should be just factory farming of crops or just factory farming and animals. Uh, I think and, we and definitely need that the demand too, because yeah. I've read that there's farmers that have um, decided to actually switch mm-hmm to maybe some organic or something because they have the demand from people that have yeah, already tried. Like San Francisco, <laughs> Seattle, yeah. well, Portland. I, I'm not sure exactly where, but I don't remember. This <laughs> was a while back that I, had, that I had seen this documentary about some farmers saying, you know, we just kind of had to change a little bit because 
people were getting more concerned about you know what they were putting in their mu- in their mouth so we yeah had to i switch. think that's during the time where this gmo craze came up yeah, and everybody they, was talking about yeah it. they had to switch things up a little bit but still i mean i like that there's the option that if you want to do organic you go ahead and yeah. do organic thank you so there should always be options <laughs> so um I'm, I'm, i like that i I don't always buy organic, but when I do, I, I try every now and then when I have the money because actually it's not that expensive mm-hmm. anymore. Like I've gone to um, Sprouts and I've, sometimes I've, I find some of the organic stuff to be cheaper than the non-organic mm-hmm. for some reason. Because uh, so it's, ha- it's rotten, so they got to get her out of the store. <laughs> they <laughs> well, got to lower the prices before actually, it rots. <laughs> I've, I've seen it. It looks pretty darn good. <laughs> and I have bought like non-organic like, kale and organic kale, and I have tasted the difference yeah, in both of those. Yeah, there's a difference in taste. And definitely. it's like, holy shit. It's almost like you're eating a plastic plant versus you're actually trying yeah. the real deal. I love tomatoes, and, I, and I've bought organic tomatoes, and I've bought just regular packaged tomatoes. And there's the difference in color and there's a difference in like crisp of, of, of like the texture of the tomato and there's a difference in flavor. I mean, there's a lot more to the non-organic tomato. It's a lot bigger. It's a lot more you know, genetically modified to be more product. But the smaller, you know, organic tomato is also like it has a lot more flavor to it. And it's a lot, I think it's a lot closer to the, what a real tomato should taste like. So you're actually getting a feel for, for what you're actually eating. Um, but it just feels good like as soon as it hits like your stomach like it it feels so much easier for your body to digest it for some reason it's just like (sighs) i think that's more of a that's more of a placebo effect i think where you know you're eating organic so you know it's going to be easier to not really because like i said um with like say the apples i've had apples with the waxy coating with all the they even taste like chemical um even after washing them so uh, no, not necessarily. I don't think so. Um, I'm sure there is placebo effect in there somewhere, mm-hmm. but not necessarily entirely. And I'm going to say this because you know if you have a compromised immune system or yeah. or, or a digestive system, you're going to know the difference. Oh, yeah. If you don't, you're going to be like, oh, it's the same shit. It tastes yeah. exactly the same. If you've had problems like I've had where you eat something and your body kind of wants to like, whoa, like that was not good then you know the difference so but once again with anything there's all sorts of people in this world and (laughs) you kind of gotta cater to all of them so there's options yeah i think it comes down (laughs) to like we're all just doing the best we can with what we have um there's obviously groups of people that are are not doing that there's groups on both sides of, of this aisle that are kind of focusing on the negatives of the other side and just like clinging to that and, and wanting to make that the focus of their life or exposing that the focus of their life. I think we're all we're all just trying to live our life as as great as we can and trying to do things as as best as we can and also create like an enjoyable life for for ourselves. I think if you're not into hunting, then you shouldn't hunt. I think if I'm into hunting that I, I shouldn't be like shunned for being into hunting. I think there's benefits and there's downfalls to everything that, that we do. Um, and I think people would benefit on both sides from sort of researching the benefits of, of both sides and understanding each other rather than just completely ignoring those benefits and immediately just judging each other and, you know, demonizing each other or, or speaking ill of each other because that doesn't lead to anything. It doesn't lead to anything constructive. It just leads to more chaos and the only people that benefit out of that are the people that are actually doing things wrong 
because they want to. I mean, the focus is so much on hunters or it's so much on vegans or and, and how ridiculous they are or how horrible hunters are that that focus could be put on poachers, could be put on people that are actually out there, you know, doing horrible things um, and not benefiting anybody or anything at all. Um, so I think we're wasting a lot of time, you know, pointing fingers at each other when we should be working together towards, um, you know, stopping the horrible things that are happening uh, on the planet. Um, I think I'm hoping that people kind of like wake up in a sense that they're willing to like look at each other and look at, you know, I don't agree with what you're doing, but I understand why you're doing it. And I can see like why you would want to head in that direction. And I think, I think that would just be healthy for everyone. Yeah. If you can see it, if you, if it is explained to you, like I said, because it is easy to, to just see something and immediately, of course, assume that, it's because of something else and already because you have your mindset like okay this this could only mean something bad or this could only mean that this person is up to no good or this person is just fucking uh, whiny b or something you know so if if it can be explained to you and you can try to see it in another point of view then yes that would be good just yeah, to to prevent they're like also you said, wasting time there also has to be a willingness to to be able to to receive that explanation or to receive those reasons because if if you were a different type of person and i was here and i was showing you oh look at all the benefits of hunting and look at how much money they put in the system and you're like nope nope fuck that i don't believe in that that's so <laughs> stupid like that's those are fake numbers that's fake news is wrong is wrong you're wrong fake news um then there's an unwillingness to kind of li even listen to those facts or to those ideas or opinions, and you're immediately getting getting defensive and closing yourself to to all the possibilities that are out there. So th it's as much give and take. Um, you have to be able to to accept the fact that there are different opinions and there are good reasons for those different opinions. As much as people have to be willing to tolerate a little bit of intolerance and sort of work with it so that they can overcome that intolerance and kind of um, involve someone into their into their system, into their lifestyle, without uh, imposing it on them as well. You know, so it's, it's as much give and take, and I think hopefully people later on um, are willing to sort of learn or, or accept that. Hopefully. Yeah. I guess that's the one thing with me. Sometimes I, don't, I, I lose faith in humanity <laughs> oftentimes because it's just, it's hard with all the things that you see happening yeah. and you would like for things to be different and you would like for, for people to act differently or to act in a, one of those times when you think, but I wouldn't do it. Why, why would these people yeah. do it? You know, why? Like if I don't feel that it's necessary, why do they feel that it's necessary? But then again, like you said, it, you also do have to be aware that people have a different mindset. I mean, my mind is different from yours, yeah. but we can still get along, yeah. you know? So, I mean, <laughs> this, that's how it is. It's just how it is. And, of course, you just expect that you're going to be, like, at least semi-respected <laughs> in your uh, ways of viewing things, yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, because, like I said, I could call somebody hypocrite and then somebody else is going to call me a hypocrite mm -hmm. for sure. I know that. Yeah. So. There's always there's always that other person. So always. Yeah. Well, I think we're gonna leave it at two minutes or two hours and seven minutes. Um, Time is relative. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think it was a fun conversation and, and I don't know. I had a good time talking about it. Hopefully, uh, whoever listens to it later on or whoever mm-hmm. decides to watch live stream, if you're listening to it, um, I did put all the studies or most of the studies that I talked about and most of the stuff that I read off of on the stream. If you want to look at it, we are on YouTube. Look for Valdivies. Um, I'll put it on the episode description on the podcast if you're listening to it on podcast. Um, if you're watching the stream, thank you very much for watching. If you're watching uh, the video later on, thank you very much for watching us. Hopefully, um, you got some information that you can use uh, towards <laughs> being a little bit more tolerant. Not that you're intolerant. Not that I'm saying like you out there are you know intolerant and stuff like that. I'm not judging you or anything. But um, there, it's easy to just kind of get in your own shell, like like those uh, crabs that just live in their own shell and don't really notice the outside world. Like even they are a little bit more aware of their surroundings probably. <laughs> um, so if it helped a little bit or if you have any opinion, questions, comments, or concerns that you want to share with us, if you agree with either one of us or if you kind of <laughs> um, sort of see where we're both coming from and kind of uh, started thinking about maybe looking into the other stuff rather than just judging it, go ahead and let us because know. Because I think, I think that we're sort of like in between and i know there's always going to be somebody that is going to say no if you're not on this side or on this side yeah you're still a piece of shit because you have to choose like the one side and you have to stick to it there's no gray area it's either black or white it's either black or white and um i guess i can see that when you're very like like you know set on one way but it's also hard to just be set on one way mm-hmm. in this world nowadays. Yeah. You do kind of have to. And it's unhealthy too. Um, like it's hard to get out of it, but it's unhealthy. Like you're just, you're, what is it called? Depriving yourself of, of a whole different set of um, thinking or of a whole different lifestyle. Um, you're, you're just not letting yourself um, know about things. You know, you're just, you're just focusing on your own stuff. You have tunnel vision and you're not looking at the whole world around you and, and what the world is sort of um, consciously doing or, or, or their ideas or, or why they're doing them. So, I mean, it's also healthy to just get out there and just learn stuff. <laughs> Even if you don't agree with it, just go ahead and learn about it. And, and yeah. if you maybe you'll surprise yourself and you'll find that you agree with most of the stuff they do rather than disagree with them. And you'll understand that these are not evil people like from either side of the aisle. These are not people that are trying to hurt anybody. They're just trying their best to to live their life and to help in, in whatever way they can, they can see possible. Even if it's not just about that topic, but in general, just yeah. to, in general, when you know about how things are in different parts of the world, um, it's just, it, it just sort of makes you, even if you take a stance with something, like you choose not to be a certain way or you choose not to do a certain thing, mm-hmm. but it does help you to kind of see the, the, like the bigger picture, like everything around it, not just you yeah. in your world. Like it helps you to see more of everything, and even if it helps you to see the suffering all over yeah. the world, then maybe that will help you decide <laughs> too. Hey, I don't want to add to more of it, yeah. and I I choose to maybe do less of this. So, either way, whichever way you have to balance yourself out, it'll end up being uh, beneficial for both <laughs> you and the world. There so, you go. <laughs> all right, now we're gonna leave it at this. So, if you have, uh, like I said, any questions, comments, or concerns, leave it in the comment section or leave it in a section of audio that you listen to on SoundCloud. If you're listening to us on iTunes, please make sure to leave a rating and uh, a review for the podcast. It would really help out a lot. Uh, share this podcast with your friends. I would really appreciate it. If you wanna, if you have friends that are sort of uh, from on one aisle or the other, or think might be interested in listening to to people, not really argue in a negative way, but sort of um, have different points about a conversation, 
um, just go ahead and share with them. I'd really appreciate that. This is how word gets out and how more people listen. <laughs> uh, next week, I'll probably have uh, a friend of ours, Truls Rock, on the podcast. I'm going to see if I can get him on here and kind of get his take on, on different things. Um, uh, the topic will be a surprise, mostly because I'm unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> and I just do it on the fly. But <laughs> it'll be a surprise and it'll be good, so make sure to come back. We are going to be live on YouTube Saturdays. And the podcast will be going up Saturday nights on iTunes and SoundCloud. So stay tuned for that. And thank you for being part of the podcast. Thank you, Roxy, for stopping by, too. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for being so civil about it. I know there's a lot of stuff that you didn't necessarily agree with and you're, like, super passionate about. But thank you for not, like, taking it as a um, attack on your person rather than just a conversation. That's the way to do it. Cool. All right. <laughs> see you guys next time. Goodbye. <laughs>